Hello again, and welcome everybody to another jam-packed edition of the show. Before we get into this week's podcast, I wanted to take a minute to thank everyone who has been supporting us, whether it's been through listenership, telling a friend about us, sharing one of our Twitter or Facebook posts, or buying our merch. No matter how much or little, the fact that you're choosing to promote us whenever possible, it means a sincere dear lot to Sean and I. Again, thank you guys so much. Like I just said at the top, we've got another jam-packed edition of the show for you guys today, and while... We may not be fans of the film in general. We still manage to keep things on track throughout the duration of the show. I think we owe you guys that much. So instead of wasting any more of anyone's time, I'm going to put my finger on this little here green button and start the Makaname music. Here we go. Spend my time listening to some dipshit who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about anyway. I know what you're talking about. Man, it's the same bullshit they tried to pull in my day. You know, if it ain't that piece of paper, some other choice they're gonna try and make for you. You gotta do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do, man. Let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules you're gonna try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. conversation is finished. I never met you. You never met me. There's only one rule in this fucking jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. You see, God asked Dad to destroy his son, much like he asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Well, that too, the law says that you cannot touch. But I think I see a lot of lawbreakers up in this house. In what could very well be the shortest episode of the show, we welcome you to the Film Effect Podcast, where we take all things film to the full effect. I'm Ed. That's my sending back life mate, Sean. Good morning, Film Effect. And before we get down to the nitty-gritty, I want to let you guys know that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. You can check us out on the social webs, first on Instagram and Facebook, where at? The Film Effect Podcast. And we're also on Twitter, pretty active on Twitter, where at? Uh, Film Effect Pod. And if you're old-fashioned like some people... Email address? The Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. All right. And of course, reviews and ratings also help with the algorithm, and you too can help by leaving us your honest reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen that accepts such wonderful things. So let's jump into it. Let's do some shout-outs real quick. Shout-out to his family. All right. First and foremost, I want to give a shout-out this week to Junk Food Cinema again. Uh, the other day, they released their first of eight... Fast and Furious episodes are covering the whole entire franchise leading up to Fast 9. They're calling their event One Fast and Furious Summer. Uh, Listened to Fast and Furious the other day. Solid listen, as always. Looking forward to next week's Too Fast, Too Furious episode, because that's the geek in me. 
shout out to Horror Queers. I really enjoyed their faculty episode this week. It was a good listen, even though the film has been done to death on podcasts. Uh, the FN Nerds podcast. Uh, I'm a first time listener. I'm currently in the middle of listening to their Scott Pilgrim episode, and so far it's good stuff, guys. Keep it up. Uh, Behind the Screams, who covered Tusk last week, is hmm. currently in my queue. <coughs> You've never seen it? Oh, I have. Okay. The episode's okay. in my queue. Oh, is it? I. Not a lot of people talk about Tusk. Yeah, it was, I, it I dig was, it. Yeah, I liked it. It was definitely odd, man. It's like. It's, it's bizarre. It's. it's I mean, it's not as bizarre as uh, Yoga Hoosiers, but and yeah, and whatever happened to the to the Moose Jaws? Remember, he was doing like the moose whole True did. North trilogy. Yeah. He was doing like the the Jaws in Canada, where it was a moose. I mean, what Smith's all over the place anymore, man. I don't know. He started smoking weed, and then his whole uh, like well, he started smoking his, weed again, and he, his he, whole he, function. He, he, he laid off. I love Smith to death. You know, it, it, the They're things he's st- done since the heart attack, coming back strong with that Jane Saw Bob reboot. Um, I mean, let's just hope he keeps that keeps the it, shit yeah, going. You know, the next film releases one of them NFTs. I don't even understand what the fuck that thing is. Yeah, I, I don't like know. I, I ignore I that can't stuff. Wrap my head around that shit. I ignore it. So, and finally, uh, Saturday Night Freak Show, who covered New Nightmare this past weekend, and I really, really enjoyed their conversations about it. We seem to agree on a lot of things regarding that film, guys. So, uh, charting. We are currently charting in Great Britain. We are number 55. 55? 55. Wow. All you guys over there, I can tell where them new listeners have been coming from. Well, those numbers have been coming from. Thank you, guys. Uh, I was telling Sean that yesterday we hit our peak in total daily listens. And uh, something tells me that a lot of those listeners came from uh, across the pond, as they say. So there's that, um, and shout out to our new listeners in both Puerto Rico and France. No. <laughs> All right, um, it's current events. Tonight at 9.30, I am seeing my first film in an actual theater for the first time nah, since February of last year. <laughs> Thanks to the new CDC guidelines and uh, and such, um, was it yesterday? They announced that vaccinated people can now be unmasked and just frolic amongst one another and indoor and outdoor. We're making progress, guys. I can speak for here locally in Maryland. I think the goal is seventy five percent. We're at seventy right now. So uh, I identify as vaccinated, so that's enough. There you go. Sucks. You got a lot of people. So it didn't it? Didn't hit me. I never got it. My friend's daughter. My my, my friend's son just. It, it doesn't mean you couldn't. You could have still got it. I, I believe. I believe I did have a Christmas. You know, around holiday season two thousand nineteen. I was sick as a dog, and then all of a sudden the world blew up. Ninety days. You know, ninety days later. I'm pretty sure I had it. Maybe I'm patient zero. Have you been to Wuhan lately? No, nah, no. But ironically enough, the one. The the single time that I went out at all last summer, um, Mandy's dad was in town for his birthday, right right after Fourth of July weekend. Right, and um, you know, obviously we were in the thick of things, yeah, man. Everybody was staying home and shit. And um, we went to Brewers Landing that afternoon. Okay. All right. Brewers and, Landing, guys, for listening, is a, is a local bar. Yeah, here. it was where I'm, I'm talking about. Bar restaurant. Local, local Essex, you know, Baltimore County bars. So went to Brewers Landing that afternoon. Um, after about, 
you know, two beers. Naturally, we were sitting outside, but I hated having to put the mask on just to walk up to the bar and shit. I came back to the house because we don't live far. I had Mandy just drop me off. She went back, hung out with her dad. I was playing PlayStation. I didn't give a shit. Right. And then uh, about that was around four o'clock in the afternoon. And she she texted me around nine thirty. They're right over here at Sioux Island, which you know I, I live right next door. It's yes. right across the marina. Yeah. And she's like, "Baby, you should really walk over. This band's really good. Come on, it's cool. You don't have to wear your mask. We're outside." So I walked over there, and yeah, the band was cool. I had fun. All right. So I went to Brewers Landing. Sioux Island Grill, both on the same day, right? Yeah, yeah. Five hours apart. Only spent a couple hours at each joint, right? That was on a Saturday. By the following Thursday, both businesses had announced on social media that as of that Saturday, they each had an employee <laughs> test positive. Oh, wow. And they had shut down for two weeks for a deep clean. Both the, the two spots that I go to, one announces Tuesday, one announces Thursday. I'm like, yep, that's it. I'm patient zero. All well, you wouldn't be patient zero. Whoever gave it to you would have been. Okay. Well, Unless... I'm, patient, I'm patient uno. <laughs> um, as the guy, I'm just going to stay the fuck home. People will get better as long as I don't go nowhere. So, uh, yeah, I identify as vaccinated, so no more masks for me. Well, hopefully you stay healthy. No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm never healthy. <laughs> Smoke like a chimney and drink like a fish. But uh, uh, hey, good, big ups for you for going to. I'm I'm assuming you want to see Spiral. I am seeing. Me and Madeline are going to the 9:30 uh, IMAX. I yeah. got this random email from Adam Ticket. I don't ever recall signing up for their email, <coughs> but whatever. This actually fell into my favor. This uh, it was a, it was a buy one get one uh. deal, and I'm like, nah. There's probably like you got. There's there's got to be a catch. There's, a catch. there's always a catch. Go to the site. Sure enough. Pick two seats. Put in number two. Gives me the price of one. Bada bing, bada boom. Next thing I know, I got two tickets to Spiral. So me and my daughter are going to see it tonight. Mm. She's been to the theater since the... she. Her and her friend went like right when they opened back up a few months back. They went. Didn't they have to wear masks like during the movie? Well, Fuck she still does. She does. I don't. Oh. She does. She hasn't vaccinated yet. Yeah, it's tell her identify as vaccinated. You're fine. But um, it doesn't work like that, Sean. <laughs> in, in a perfect world, maybe. Um... And yeah, I'm just excited. The last film I saw was in late February. I went and saw the the uh, Invisible Man. So, been looking forward to this day for a while. And what better way to do it than a movie that I was looking forward to seeing a year ago? Finally, God damn, it's been long enough. And I got that uh, the other day. I picked up the first one in 4K and watched that. Check the catch back up a little bit. I I wasn't gonna fucking watch eight films in a row. That that on top of this podcast, no. I had bigger fish to fry, hence today's movie. But before we get to all of that, uh, weekly recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? You want to go first? Mm, I don't think I've watched anything since taking a pedal one, two, three. We brought that up um, during Halloween. Close your eyes. Pick a movie. Um, what are you recommending? Um, Blake Edwards, S.O.B. Love that film. <laughs> Actually, there's a good trilogy, man. You should do S.O.B., uh, ten and skin deep. Nobody can write. Mm, can... Skin deep. I believe it's Kino or putting it out on Blu-ray. Finally, it got finally. Yeah. yeah it was or might have Mill Creek. One of them two are finally putting it's, out it's in been, July. It's been streaming quite a bit because we watched it a few times. I got the DVD. I remember I was over the moon. I finally laid hands on the DVD. <laughs> and it came yeah, it's finally day. getting a Blu-ray release. Love that fucking film. But yeah, you. Would, I mean, no. Nobody writes and directs contemporary adult comedy, especially like you know. 
classy right. sex comedies. Mm-hmm. Like fucking Blake Edwards, man. And a guy was married to Peter Pan. You know what I mean? Love his work. And hands down, SOB is one of my all-time favorite comedies. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I, the, you know how many times I, I, I watch it a couple t- every couple months. And it's a great satire of the Hollywood itself. It's fantastic. If you guys have never seen it, track it down. You can't borrow my copy, but you're welcome to come over here because I got the damn thing on DVD. It's never seen a Blu-ray release. Probably never will. It, 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 I, oh, it they, has. They did? Mm-hmm. No shit. All right. All right. Well, there, now you know what you get me for Christmas. See ya. Skin Deep and SOB. I believe that's a Warner Archive. It's so, definitely a Warner Brothers film. Yeah, it's Warner that. Archive then. Yeah, man. Love me some Skin Deep. Yeah. Ditto. And, so yeah, so I'm just saying anything Blake Edwards. I think I talked about Blind Date a couple weeks ago. That's a little more on the tame side. Not that his stuff is, you know, it's not raunchy, all right. But it's rated R for a reason. But it's definitely adult sex humor, man. But it's done with class and it's just, man, you, you just can't beat it. You can't beat it. You really can't. Um, my recommend this week is going to those who wish me dead. Yeah, you know. I fucking did you watch it? Loved it. I, I, so here's the thing, I knew it was coming. I kind of knew what it was about, and then um, Thursday night I was texting. I'm sitting here killing time because I got that new Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I'm yeah. waiting for it to go live at midnight because I had a digital copy just staring me down. So I'm just like literally just fucking trying to kill the last couple of hours so I can play my game, and I flip over to Max, and one of the big tiles is like the actual, you know premieres at midnight little thing so i watched the trailer for the first time just thursday night uh-huh. and i'm a little more intrigued than than what i had read from you know the synopsis i'm thinking yeah. oh it's a smoke jumper you know saves a kid i got like it, sylvester stallone it packs from the 90s. a pretty powerful punch but it's yeah the trailer the, the the trailer let me know i was in for something different than i expected haven't watched it yet i'm going to it maybe probably um tonight or tomorrow um, but then I made the mistake there was also like a little I thought it was going to be a little featurette and it was actually like a good two minute clip that kind of spools a little chunk in the middle of the movie I'm a little pissed I watched oh, the first minute and some odd seconds that back, sucks you know but like I didn't know you know Burnfall and Aiden Gillen were in it until I was watching yeah Gillen and, uh, and his um, it's it's a, a pair of uh, contract killers and their father's son I was and not his, shit about it his man. son Come is on. Nick hey, hey, hey. Uh, no, no, it's, it's not a spoiler. I, I didn't even know nothing like you that. You saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. I didn't know what the hell was. Because Nicholas I, I, yeah, had, his son. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say the dude from uh, Pushing Tin. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, like I said, um, I knew it was coming, and uh, to me, like, I I just, you know, kind of uh, read the synopsis. Pushing Tin, that's Jake Weber. That's, okay. Jake, Jake Weber. That's, uh, and that I, I said Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt's the other. The, Beast from the X-Men films. Right, yeah, he's the other. The, the he's hit the man. son. He's the hitman's son. The other hitman is Thomas, is uh, Aiden okay, Gillen. Okay, either way. Um, so yeah, like what, from what I had read, I'm like, man, this just seems like a flick the Stallone would have made in the 90s. It looks like a throwaway flick, like something like just a, another aimless action film. This time, this one's got Angelina Jolie and all that, and you know, she's a smoke like jumper. Right? But, um, but yeah, it's, it's got, it's got a nice little subplot that I like. I'm not going to go into details, spoil it. Yeah, don't. I just want to recommend it. I want Maybe you and everyone else listening to check it out. It's it's definitely got a lot more going to it than you might want to think. I'm going to surprise you. I'm guessing you watched that shit last night, huh? Oh, I was up. I happened to wake up naturally about 4.30 yesterday morning. And I just queued it up and watched it yesterday before I actually started my day. Mm. Um, 
I love that we're living in a time when I can wake up in, at 4.30 in the morning on a release day, not even have to get out of bed, just put on my TV, which well, already on because I watch my fall asleep the videos, and just hit a couple buttons and boom, a movie that's in the theaters right now is playing right yeah, there in front of me. I hope it stays way, mask or not, man. I, I, I it's like, it's I not. Like, They've already said that next year it's going back to uh, theatrical for us, but a short win, a shorter window. I hate people. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, check it out. Maybe that'll be our next film attack because I've been wanting to do a film attack soon and this is like, definitely. So check it out. Let me know what you think and uh, we might record a quick little 20-minute review on it. That might be the next film attack. So once upon a time in a land called Hollywood, far, far away, mm. Matthew McConaughey was a bit of a most desirable male celebrity who had all the ladies in his palm while all the guys were left wondering just what the hell went wrong for them. <coughs> The year is 2003, which is when this week's movie of conversation was released. What happens when you put McConaughey with the young, beautiful, up-and-coming actress Kate Hudson? You get this big, bold cliche. This is how to lose a guy in 10 days. Dear Lord. Hi, Andy Anderson from Composure Magazine. Our resident how-to girl. I want to write about things that matter. What are you working on now? How to lose a guy in 10 days. I could start by dating a guy and then drive him away. Doing everything girls do wrong in relationships. I can sell myself to any woman. I'd like to see you prove that. You would. Make a woman fall in love with you. You're on. So who's the lucky girl? Her. Her who? Her in the gray dress. Hi, I'm Benjamin Barry. Andy Anderson. Oh, you are already falling in love with me. I'm gonna make you wish you were dead. Hey there. Gang's all here. And all the girls dream that they'd be Ben's partner. They'd be Ben's partner. No, no. I used Photoshop to composite our faces together. Oh, that's our wedding. You're the kids in Switzerland. You're noodling. Our kids are really attractive. So it's, it's like a dog, right? <laughs> We're still on for poker at your house this weekend. Ooh, boys night. You giving him a boys night? I have to crack this guy. I mean, this is DEFCON 5. Blow. Nobody likes a Mr. Sniffles. Come on, Stevie. It's over, man. No, 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 no. no. My boyfriend thinks I'm fat. I can't eat in front of you. I don't think she's fat. You, outside. Oh, my God. And after all this, he still didn't leave you? Okay, he's just a little tougher than I thought. Where's the sexy, cool, fun, smart, beautiful Andy that I knew? He loves you. Can I see you tomorrow? This February. Delivery, Andy. Oh my God. A simple assignment that was supposed to last 10 days. Oh, he's really cute. Is turning into something. Lana, I can't write this article. That could last a lifetime. I can't write it because it's just, I've gotten to know this guy. You're beautiful. You'll write the article. I want copy on my desk in 48 hours. Where's Andy Anderson? She's not here. Paramount Pictures presents... Andy! Kate Hudson. As the woman is driving me crazy. Matthew McConaughey. Say it's good to talk to you, though, man. How to lose a guy in 10 days. True or false? All's fair in love and more. True. Great answer. All right, let's just jump into it. First time viewings. Uh, it's, it's just that... You see, this is actually uh, my, my first time. No, no, my first, it's my first time uh, since my first time. So technically, that's my second time. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to suck at it. Uh, yesterday was fucking painful. 
Uh, this was a blockbuster release. Uh, one of the kinks, one of the perks of working there was you got to take home pre-street movies and watch them before they came out. And this happened to be one that I took on a particular week when I was going down to Ocean City, which leads to my story time. Tell me a story. Wait. Like my story? No, not your story. A story. Since you can't keep your mouth shut long enough for me to read my paper, tell me a story. I don't think I know any stories. You don't know any stories? No. All right, I'll tell you a story. This is a newspaper, right? It's 90% bullshit. But it's entertaining. That's why I read it, because it entertains me. You won't let me read it. So you entertain me with your bullshit. Tell me a story right now. Go. And when I think about this goddamn movie, it's got nothing to do with the movie itself. Yeah, I, I think of uh, this fun, funny time I went to Ocean City for the week with Mets and his family. <laughs> and I took three movies with me that I took home pre-street from Blockbuster. This... Um, Gangs of New York mm. and The Recruit with Pacino and, and Colin Farrell. Yeah, one out of three ain't bad. Yeah. So I saw The Recruit in the theater, man. I fucking oh, fell wow. asleep at the end. So the um, first night we were there, the first day, actually, we were we went to Assateague. And for those of you listening, Ocean City is our big like summer beach resort town here in Maryland. And Assateague is a little island offshore that's like you can drive onto the beach and have campfires, bonfires. Uh, they have ponies and shit that walk freely along the beach and shit. Mm-hmm. So we went there, um, had a fun time. Met his cousin, went down in the Jeep, and he was trying to learn stick on the beach. He was like, he was like 15 years old at the time. And my Irish ginger ass forgot to put enough didn't put, <laughs> didn't put enough sunscreen on and became a bit red that week and so the first couple days the first few days rather I I just spent shacked up in like in in the room watching this the recruit gangs of New York pissed I, I remember pissing off um Metz, Metzger's mother and father because they were like why the fuck did you even come down to the beach? You're just going to sit on the couch all day and watch your goddamn movies. You can do that at home, you know. I had a legit excuse. Maybe I could have went out a couple times with them, but I was red. Like, borderline blister red. It had to be uncomfortable, man. It sucked. Your host it sucked. making you feel like shit for coming because you got all sunburned. Well, it didn't, they didn't say it out loud, but I could overhear yeah, things. Just, and things you, do get back to me eventually. Yeah, you, you and you sense things. You can sense tension. vibes in the air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's out and about, and me, it's like, nice, middle of June, vacation, what am I doing? Sitting on the fucking couch, watching I blockbuster one, I movies. Moments. It wasn't the whole fucking weekend, but I remember, like, um, deciding, when it, like, my, my mom and her boyfriend at the time had, I uh, got a condo in there, Christ, I was, it had to be early 90s, I was still in high school, and I uh, took my buddy Tony Larson, he lives up in New York now, um, we went down there, but I didn't feel like, for whatever reason, they were like, mom and Dom were going to the beach, Tony, you know, me and Tony hooked up with some chicks, and like, I wasn't, I wasn't into mine, so I, I didn't go out that day. <laughs> he went and hung out with him. And I just walked down to the video store, and I rented that movie Run with uh, Patrick, Patrick Dempsey. Dempsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like I remember, like, uh, I just specifically remember my mom's boyfriend signing up for a membership at this fucking Ocean City video store 
one afternoon, so I could just rent videos that day because I don't feel like probably the one at Gold Coast Mall, ninety fourth Street. It wasn't it wasn't there, but it was it was like on a strip. You know, I can't remember exactly by the Denny's. And the whole re the whole thing was because the whole reason I had him do it was because I wanted to see this movie run because the poster intrigued me. So I had one of those times, but it was only like a day, so I didn't oh, catch okay. a bunch of shit. I just kind of <laughs> chilled at the condo by myself. Eight wings. You didn't spend half the vacation sitting. I just spent half the vacation watching movies that I could have did at home, you know. But I did do that once, and that was what I remember. I don't think I've ever seen that movie since. Yeah, I've seen that one time when I was younger. Yeah, I haven't, doesn't I, demand, I haven't went back to it. Rarely, it doesn't really demand a rewatch. <laughs> All right. So before we get into this movie and shit, little background. <laughs> Sorry, little background on it. It's based off of a cartoon book. Of a what? Who? What? A, a cartoon book. A like, cartoon. A cartoon in the form like, of a, like book. a graphic novel, yeah, or a comic book. It's it's called a cartoon book. Okay? What's wait, what, uh, that does a cartoon is a moving image on a television. It's not that, no illustrations. Look, the notes told me it's a cartoon book. That's, I'm going off of my research. Okay, okay? I'm, I'm I'm not blaming you for <laughs> semantics. I'm just saying it's a dumb term. Tomato, tomato. So this movie, like I said, based on a cartoon book based off the same name the book came out in 98 the cartoon book did cartoon book came out in 98 this, yeah, this must film was released they five years graphic later. novels the graphic novel was right. created in 99 <laughs> um just something minor i, I picked up dumb on. idea for a comic book it's something i picked up on it was uh written by uh two women, Michelle Alexander and Jeannie Long. Jeannie and Michelle are actually the names of the main character, Andy. They're her best friends. So, I don't know. I guess that was a, a nod. Definitely wouldn't call it a coincidence. People ah. actually bought this fucking book and read it? I guess. It was a bestseller. Alright, so, let's just dive into this oh, head first. Now, wait, before we get started, In I'm going to let you guys end. know now. If you are a particular fan of this movie, you may want to mute my half of this podcast because I was not a happy camper last night, and it's going to show I literally only have one page of notes, and most of them are about how fucking painful it was. For those of you who tuned into our Mortal Kombat episode... <laughs> kind of have an idea where this episode is going to go. Uh-huh. Um, I hold no bars. But that being said, before I get into this, I do want to let you guys know, if you like this movie, if this is your thing, we all love means. you, we support you uh, by all means. Everyone's ain't my, got, ain't my kind exactly, of shit, film is subjective, I always say that, but Absolutely. it's the truth, everyone's got their own opinions. Damn right. Like what you want to like, guys. I'm about, I'm about to share my opinions, let me tell you. We're not fans of this. I thought I was at least. <laughs> I thought I was. I legit, when I think about this movie, I was like, ah, I wasn't mad at it. But I haven't seen it in a while. Well, there's a reason why I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, Mandy and I had this conversation last night because she kept laughing at me because she's going back and forth from the you know, kitchen to bedroom and stuff, seeing the look of anguish on my face. <laughs> she's like, you be sure to tell him how painful this was for you. I said, look, I think I know where he was coming from. He wanted to throw a little, you know, lob a little curveball I wanted to throw a bone to the GP, you right. know? He threw a curveball at me from Economy and like slid his little rom-com in there. And I'm sure Ed probably has fond teenage memories of it from the early aughts when he 
you know, took it home from Blockbuster because I'm sure that's where you had seen it before. Yeah, that's what I said you earlier. Know, yep. And I said, I'm pretty sure given his recent viewing t- yesterday or today, whenever he's watching it, he is eating his fucking words and regretting his decision and wish we would work Reign of Fire mm-hmm. instead. Okay, mm-hmm. so I had a feeling you were going to come to this conclusion, so at least we're on the same page about what a giant fucking turd we're about to dig into. I live with a heterosexual woman who would not even watch this fucking film. <laughs> I owe Rob Bowman an honest, sincere apology for not including his film Reign of Fire as a part of McConaughey, right. and instead throwing in Donald Petrie's or Petrie, how the fuck you pronounce it? How to lose a guy in ten days? If again, if you're fans of the film, good, good for you. I like shit. You probably don't. That'd exactly. Fun. Good. Please don't tune out. I've just seen just solid listen to our times. take on it. I'm not going to be as harsh as Sean probably, but <laughs> you know. So here we go. Here we go. Film starts with a montage. Oh wait, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we eat, before it even fades. Out from the studio logo, we already got that fucking happy, peppy, poppy fucking music. We have got that music. And and my first note, already from the poppy, peppy, happy intro, fuck this movie. Hasn't even faded into a shot yet, and I already can tell. I'm in for a bad fucking time. That tells me you're just having a bad day. No, I just knew. (laughs) I've seen enough of these to know what I'm getting into, and I knew it was not going to be a fun ride. So we got a bunch of scenes and composite shots of Kate Hudson's Andy Anderson. There was a a little thing of feng shui for a living and talking your way out of a ticket. Just, you know, shit that she's doing. She's acting on it. Um, Yeah, Yeah, that's her beginning. Here's here's a note that I made throughout that montage. You see her, like, trying to put her fucking feng shui shit together, and she trips and said, oh, I get it. A klutzy, cute girl with a dream job, totally unattainable status of living based on that income. Surprised I've never seen that before. Oh, hold on a second. She's actually beneath her purpose writing for this women's magazine, and she likes sports? Oh, the dude's ultimate catch. What a fucking cornball cliche in the first 90 goddamn seconds. I'm fucking insulted. So after our title card, Andy's seen trying to write her newest article for Composure magazine entitled How to Bring Peace to Tajikistan. Her friend Jeannie, played by Annie Paris, says that she doesn't think that it's the right article for the magazine, but still compliments the writing. Uh, Then we got Andy's, um, she's the how-to writer for the magazine. All of her articles are how to do this or how to do that. Uh, but it doesn't seem to have anything right for her next piece. Uh, she wants to actually write for things she's interested in, like current events and foreign politics and such. But Jeannie tells her to keep at it. Andy then tells her that she has Nick's tickets and invites Jeannie to go with her to the game. Next, we are introduced to McConaughey's... I wanted to say McConaughey. <laughs> We're next introduced to McConaughey's Benjamin Barry. Did you notice his name... BB yeah, they're, they're both and AA. Yeah, they're both I don't get. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, uh, well, remember, it's a cartoon book, and that's how Stan. Oh, Lee that's did right. It. The cartoon. That's, that's how Stan Lee always did it with his cartoon books. Oh. Bruce Banner, Peter Parker. Um. Yeah, he's seen parking at his New York office on his bike. He likes to ride around a bike. He's oh, a big a, biker. That's a triumph, man. Um, or, it's a nice little motorcycle. It's like probably the, my favorite part of the movie is a motorcycle. 
Uh, he's approached by uh, the two Judys. Uh, there's the two women, both named Judy. The, they were surprised to see him actually at the office working. One of the Judys has a composure magazine, and she tells Ben that it's more or less the hottest magazine around at the moment. Um, gonna remember that stuff, folks. You gotta want to remember that. So Andy then goes. The exposition is laid thick in mm-hmm. this film, ladies and gentlemen. Andy then goes to the apartment of her friend slash coworker Michelle, played by the super funny Catherine Hahn here, or at least I thought she was super funny. Well, I mean, this is she normally is super funny, but yeah. this is one of her earlier roles. Yeah. Uh, Michelle's crying hysterically because of a guy who stood her up, apparently. Andy tells her to get dressed and that there's a staff meeting in 15 minutes. And then she finally convinces Michelle to get dressed with some cashmere and gives her a hug, telling her she's not going to let her lose her job. Back to Ben. He gets to his office and we're introduced to his friends, Tony and Tayer, played by Adam Goldberg and Thomas Lennon. Yeah, and my, yeah my note right here as soon as they show up on scene, I don't even think Goldberg and Lennon can salvage this, even with the help of Catherine Hahn. Okay, a few things. Number one, right off the bat, who the fuck names her kid Tayer? Tayer. Tayer. His name's Tayer. I thought it was Tayer. No, it's Tayer with an H. I've never even heard that name before. Tayer. I mean, it suits because, like, Thomas Lennon's good at playing that, like, kind of uptight type, you know, character, like the straight man. He always has been ever since his days on the state. You know, so like a, a, a nerdy name like that works for his I got you. I'm glad you said something and corrected me now. Rather than, I listened back to Days to Confuse, and for some fucking reason, I was calling O'Banion O'Bannon the whole episode. Uh, Even though I know his name's O'Banion, I kept on calling him O'Bannon for like the majority of the episode. It's like, damn, I, I really did do that, didn't I? Didn't I didn't catch that. Um, so yeah, at least now I, at least he, followed us. At least I can call him Thayer, not Thayer the rest of the episode. <laughs> so um, Adam Goldberg, obviously, he's here because he's McConaughey's boy. Um, I think this was their third film together. Dazed, Ed TV, and this. Ed TV, and then, yeah. Um, Christ, I would have rather done Ed TV than this fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, so Thayer, um, Thomas Lennon. Lennon's here because at this point in his career, Lennon was willing to do anything and everything. He was in every, he was in all the rom-coms, all the stupid comedies. Loved Thomas Lennon. Loved the state, everything he's done. Yeah, I think what but he was at this to, point, he was, he was trying to. Everything. He was trying to. He was trying to separate himself from the whole Stella, Michael Ian Black, Show Walter, Wayne. Like they, they were still even after the state. They were. He all was doing a pretty good job of that. Working together, that. so I think he was trying to get him. You know, get himself away from that. One of my favorite things that he did toward uh, later in his career was Craig Ferguson used to have that Late Show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would come on, I think, after Letterman or whatever. And he had this robot co-host that Lennon would was doing the voice of for a while, like in real time. Like he's just backstage reacting in real time to what's going on, and right. it was some of the funniest. Fucking like I, I, Mandy and I used to make a point to stay up to watch that Craig Ferguson show. Yes, I'm not a I'm not a late night talk show guy by any. I means. I like his robot. That's what I'm talking about. That uh, robot. Yeah. That was Thomas Lennon for a that while. That was his voice. Oh yeah, wow! Every every now and then he would like he would like pop on like once once or twice uh-huh. a week as a guest, and then he did it for a little while. Yeah, it was the, kind the, of a the, gag. Yeah, yeah, like he was kind he, of like Paul Rudd's gag when Conan, where, where he, he always brings, brings back at me. me. But like he, because anytime he voiced the robot, it was fucking hysterical. 
And you could tell he was just like freestyling, you know. Like I said, they weren't scripted; they were they were just coming off in real time. For the long, so that was my favorite bit with Thomas Lennon outside of his work with the Wet Hot American Summer guys from the state was that that little side bit he had with Craig Ferguson for a while on that late show it was cool. He wasn't in Wet Hot American Summer. I know, but he oh, worked with oh, all oh, those guys. Oh, I mean, gotcha, he I showed, gotcha. he, you know, he showed up and, and Wanderlust with him. I'm not saying he was in it, but right, I got you. Know, you that I everybody, got you. Every, that was their first post-state big movie. So that's how everybody mm-hmm. knows him is the Wet Hot American Summer Crew. It's actually the state. If you guys have never seen the state, fuck, you are missing out. Um, sidebar, I want to talk about the state right now. Okay. Because I'm, I'm what else? We gonna, you know, I'd rather talk about that for then a little bit. Then absolutely, we'll get back to this. Don't you'll be wrong, but we got to give the, the states it's 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 love. It, it's it's definitely well deserved, well needed. Um, so the state, real quick in a box, guys, ran for three seasons. It was an MTV show. Well, it started on MTV, and then mm-hmm. I believe it went to CBS, mm-hmm. uh, Vi- another, another Viacom station, yep, yep. Uh, for its third and final season. Um, Mid nineties, I think it was like ninety four, ninety five, ninety six. It was aimed at my generation. It yeah, was and even I was still, I, I was nineteen, I, twenty years old when it was. I was out. about ten, and I still remember. It like, was I tell you, I remember because I watched MTV so much. I remember like the the, the coming soon ads for mm-hmm. for it that used to play like for the shit back in like ninety three. Um, and so you had it's a huge, it's a comic group. You hadn't seen sketch comedy like this. You know, since they first did Saturday Night Live in the seventies. If you've ever heard the term, "I want to dip my balls in it," I want to dip my balls in it. <laughs> there it is. That came straight. I'm sorry, Good that old came from straight from Camerino, Louis. Louis. Yeah, the state man. The guy who always says the same catchphrase. Yeah, man, I got that box set right down there. And then Thomas it took Lennon. forever to get that thing to come I out. I have my copy too. Because you got to figure, back in the time it was there on MTV, all the all, all the the score was popular music at the time. They couldn't relicense that, so you could tell when you're watching when you watch that box set, you could tell where they've where like originally the song, like for example, Cannonball had played during this one sketch, but they couldn't use Cannonball in the right, home video, of course. so they rewrote a song that sounded gotcha. very very similar to it, but it's not it. You know, That's so. exactly why you you can have all the Beavis and Butthead you guys want, but you'll never have the original episodes that had the music videos with them doing like a Mystery Science Theater kind of mm-hmm. thing over it mm-hmm. and shit, and that in commentary. Yeah, that was always my favorite part. Right, That's me what too. appealed me. Me too. To Beavis mm-hmm. and Butthead, the thing that appealed me to the show is what you can't see anymore. That's why people are like raving about like the new bring them back this that and third. It's like. I don't give a shit. You bring Beavis on my head back, I could care less. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's it's number one. It's you're never gonna hit that lightning in the bottle. No, no, no. They definitely captured something from the '90s. Just like and uh, two, the, the music videos was the best part. That's mm-hmm. what it, that's what drew me to that show was them doing the commentary bits when the fucking videos. It was just always hilarious <laughs> to me. Um, and the state. So the state again. You know, it ran for a few seasons, and then. 
the whole cast because it was like how many people were in this are part uh, of the state? It was state? about ten or eleven altogether. Yeah, I was gonna say about twelve, but yeah, mm. they all Carrie Kitty, more Thomas or less Lennon, outside of Thomas like a couple stragglers came back together for Wet Hot American Summer, uh-huh. which is celebrating its twentieth anniversary this year. Uh, they all came back for the shows on Netflix, the prequel and the uh, sequel. Mm-hmm. They all reunited for Role Models in 2008, or most of them did at least. Yeah. Because that was, was one other thing about these movies that I'm mentioning is they were all directed by David Wayne, who was part of the group. Um, he directed a lot of the TV shows too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was his background with directing. Mm-hmm. So Role Models and then... Wanderlust. Wanderlust, baby. Favorite between us. Fuck yeah, man. I love, love me some film. Wanderlust. Um, Everybody's in that song, man. And man. somewhere in, like in, in, in somewhere in that during that journey, like Paul Rudd kind of sneaked his way, and he's kind of like an unofficial member. Yeah, he kind of worked his way into the he worked his way into the troop. Yeah, definitely. So, and then of course uh, we can't have this conversation without mentioning Reno Nine One One. Yeah. Um, well, they also had um, before that. Before Reno 911 took off, they had one or two seasons. What Viva was it? Variety. Viva Variety. Viva yes. Variety. Yeah, with Thomas Lennon and Carrie Kenny yep. were like the the the, the Eastern European yep. ex husband and wife host of the and done um, Michael Ian Black play uh, Johnny Blue Jeans. Yep. Johnny Blue Jeans. So Johnny Blue Jeans, I understand you met some new friends this weekend. Yeah, man, I spent some time with the people who really love me. Yeah, that view variety is a little weird, but like if you dug the state, it was kind of your type of thing. It was on Comedy Central, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then about and that went off the air about a year or two later. They brought you Reno Nine One One. See, um, I love it when them guys reunite for movies. Yeah, they're just uh, funny. Remember we went to get oh. We were supposed to go see. We were supposed to go downtown to see Stella, and we just couldn't find it. I know we, of the, the snowstorm. We had tickets for Stella Live <laughs> at this local at this like local venue hour, called the Auto Bar. Spot because it had just got a major. Well, there's a exactly there. We it was in February of 2010, and we just a week before the show. We got hit by not one but two record-breaking blizzards. Yeah, because you hold up with me for 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 those yeah. couple days. We binged all the Elm Street. Uh, yeah, yeah, you just hold up with me, help kept me keep the keep, sanity, uh, yeah, cabin yeah. fever. Right, help me shovel the driveway and keep the snow off my convertible. Yeah, we just go. We just we, got uh, snowed in together for a few. We days. had the tickets, and we got out and we went downtown. <laughs> But and every all the side streets because it was in the middle of the city and like in the neighborhood that's where the place is and all the empty spots were just taken by snowbanks and other cars yeah and, like 30 percent impossible to park and anywhere. i don't trust that side of baltimore no. in the city that late whenever i just didn't trust i had a it. bunch of computer components in the back seat of your car i was like uh you know we we're just I, asking I, to I park bit, seven blocks it away it killed me into. For various reasons, yeah, we, we but I just, the I we just said, bro, it ain't groups. happening. We just could not. We, we, we were like, we went home and anger played Guitar Hero. We did, we did. So, I mean, yeah. So, boy, that was much more fun than talking about this fucking movie. Back to this movie. <laughs> um, so Adam Goldberg, Thomas Lennon, they tell Ben that the diamonds company that he's after is looking for a new advertising campaign, which illuminates Ben in excitement. Ben continues talking to the guy as, as he's changing his t- t-shirt, which 
He's just walking around his office, bare chest, exciting all the ladies around the office who are watching him through the office windows. I mean, this at this point in his career is obligatory. There was at least I think he had like at least I think it's part of his contract. Yeah, like yeah, I got to take my shirt off at least once during the film. All right, all right, all right. For real. Um, he's then informed that his boss Philip Warren gave the job to the Judys instead. So back to Andy and Michelle um, heading to their meeting and talking about Michelle's men issues. She tells Andy about her newest guy and how she keeps calling him and calling him and after she told him that she loves him after only two days of being together, he dipped. Gee, I wonder why. Uh, before they head inside, she makes the tiresome comment that she was dumped because she's too fat. And this is where I'm just groaning. At this point, and we're about 15 minutes into the movie, <sighs> not even, I'm being gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Catherine Hahn, but this movie's not doing her any favors. No. No. Uh, meeting time headed by B.B. Newworth's Lana. She has like this uh, meditative-like environment going on like this is how they have their meeting they all like take their shoes off sit around indian style and have on pillows or something like that nah, were you at least paying the that much attention magazine. to the way i, I, I the was i was it was your typical you know the you know, magazine it was in the film it was like a hip it was laid back hit, working man. office environment you know like i said everybody wants to work here it's cool new york we're different we're right. cool right um temporary she asked Andy, she kicks off this meeting by Andy asking Andy in front of everyone what her next how-to piece is about. And she tries telling her that it's a political piece, but Lana quickly shuts that shit down. She asks Michelle what she's doing, and Andy reveals that she was just dumped. This gives Lana the idea to turn it into a story. When one of the random women volunteers to write an article based on Michelle's recent problems... Andy then speaks up and slowly puts together the idea that she's going to write an article inspired by Michelle. This gives Lana the idea of the article, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, that Andy is going to write. Andy asks why 10 days, and Lana says, five is too short, and they go to press in 11. After the meeting, Lana reveals that she's having a meeting with the two Judys, who Lana introduces to to Annie uh, when they bring her up. I'm sorry, when they bring up her how-to series, Lana tells them that her next article is going to be about Andy finding a guy to date and intentionally ruining it after ten or within 10 days. Yeah, at this point, I made a note they should have called this movie How to Make Hot Women Unattractive. It's because, I mean, that scene and all of them talking about this shit in this bar that literally none of them can afford to drink at just by the looks of this bar based on what they do for a living. I don't know how they fucking afford these kind of drinks in places. Yeah. But I literally like these three caddy women are, you know, it's just literally it's how to make a hot woman unattractive. It's just this is a fucking formula for it. Yeah, I can see the ugliness. I, I get yeah, it. It's just very um, ugly. It's, um... That's the word I'm looking for. Kind of pretentious in a way. Very, very. But I also made a note, too, that this film is so saccharine, I'm coming down with a case of diabetes. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Ben next crashes his boss Phillips meeting later on that night with the Judys. He's there to pitch his idea for the new Diamonds campaign. Yeah, even Robert Klein can't say that. I was about to say, Philip being played by Robert Klein is kind of going back and forth with this little battle between Ben and the two women. He's ultimately talking about true love and no one's buying this. Coming from a bachelor like Ben. 
Uh, he gets confident and tells the Judies that he can get any available woman of his choice to fall in love with him within 10 days. Ironically, when the next stockholders meeting is scheduled to be, uh, looking around, they spot Andy. Knowing that Andy's new how-to article, what it's about, and how she's trying to intentionally throw away a relationship within 10 days. And that's why I can sell myself to any woman, anywhere, anytime. Make a woman fall in love with diamonds, Benjamin? Or with you? Uh, either one. That's cocky, Ben. No, not cocky. Confident. <laughs> I'd like to see you prove that. You would. The agency's co-hosting a party for the Delowers at the Astor Museum. The party's a week from Sunday. Do you think you can make a woman fall in love with you by then? Ten days. Any woman, anywhere, anytime? Any single, available, straight woman, yes. Yes. I'm not trying to trick you, Ben. In fact, we'll choose a woman right here, right now, in this bar. And then you decide. <laughs> so who's the lucky girl? Okay. <laughs> Let's see here. Ooh, there's that blonde babe in the leopard print. <laughs> she looks like fun. Be nice, ladies. Or, wow, Miss Babylon 5. Now she's on the prowl. No. Her. Her who? Her in the gray dress, blonde hair, pretty smile. Her? What? Done. Done. But here are the stakes. After I win this bet, this pitch is mine. Agreed. Phil? Agreed. You come to that party with a girl that's really in love with you, Ben. You can make the pitch to the Delowers. But Philip, you can't. I've made up my mind. To the Delowers. To the Delowers. Cheers. Cheers. Right at this scene, I wrote this down. This is some cockamamie bullshit. The movie's fucking stupid. That's dates on a dare. These people. It are, is a dare. Uh, the whole. Uh, these people are, are 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 as irredeemable as a case of Killer Joe. There's, these are fuck. These people are pieces of shit. It's, it's a dare film. With without consequence, yeah. there's no true consequence in this film at all, even though there should be tons mm. of it. Suck this movie does, yes. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, think about this shit before you fucking put pen to paper. Come on, guys, and uh, doodle up your cartoon book. <laughs> um, so they they pick Andy, and Ben accepts the challenge. Philip tells Andy that if he's successful in getting Andy to fall in love with him by the next stockholders meeting that he'll allow him to pitch the sales idea for the Diamonds campaign. Uh, this is when Ben and Andy have a nice little meet-cute that ends with them leaving together for some yeah, dinner. Yeah, and you know, this is this is this part was insulting to me, too. That whole, that whole meet-cute, their first conversation is all just a single word back and forth. Hi. 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 Andy Anderson. I'm Benjamin Barry. Cute. Thank you. I meant your name. Thank you two times. Unattached? Currently. Likewise. Surprising. Psycho? Rarely. Mm -hmm. Interested? Perhaps. Hungry? Starving. Leaving. Now? Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. One second. 
I'll meet you at the door. They each just say one word to each other and reply. That it's I get it. This it's is a cocky fucking cute. script. It, huh? I'm, this, this is a cocky script. It's a cocky script. It's a cockamamie fucking movie, too. <laughs> and that that single word conversation, meet cute it, bullshit, is fucking insulting, man. I mean, I get it. I understand why movies like this are out there because this I, shit doesn't happen in real life. No, no, no. But well, these these, these movies are made so that guys got so that guys can make up with their wives. Something to do. The good part for me is I did, I got that shit out of the way 10 years ago and I live with mine. I don't have to watch this kind of shit anymore. And God love her. She doesn't want to. Even she said it three or four times when I started walking through. She's like, yeah, even Mandy was like, nah, And I this. would never watch this. She was, she's like, I had no desire to see this when it came out. And now I know why. It's a game on. Yeah. Uh, the two go to eat lobster together. Andy tells Ben that she's still deciding on him. When <laughs> you know, it's at this point, I made a note. It says, why are we watching Fool's Gold instead? I mean, if you're going to do these two... Fool's I Gold is not a good movie. It's, it's, but at least there's a little bit of action. And not that this is. Doesn't have Christopher Walken in it? I mean, at least that's... Or, or who plays her dad? I, I remember somebody playing her dad, though. Like, I, but I haven't seen that. I just like Fool's first Gold. At least there's a couple of action scenes that'll take me out of it. Made me think I'm playing Uncharted for a minute. You know, but anyway, I did. I just wrote down why we watch Fool's Gold instead. Yeah. Yeah, he answers some of her questions. He tells her that he works in advertising in the alcoholic beverages industry, typically. She tells him about her master's in journalism and that her boss is allowing her next article to be whatever she wants and how she wants to change the world. Mm. After playfully joking with her, she asks him one final question. True or false? All is fair in love and war. He says true, and she says good answer, to which he responds, good question. Like, what? No, oh, fuck it. What is this dialogue going on here? Fuck uh, Back at Ben's place, Andy excuses herself to use the bathroom, which she uses to call her friend about the night. Meanwhile, downstairs, this was a funny bit here. I did laugh at this, or chuckle at least. Um, he's fucking tying up the place, tidying up, putting on, he puts on fucking Nelly's getting up, uh, getting hot in here song before realizing that he's not trying to get into bed with her and reminds himself of the Diamonds campaign. So he puts on some fucking Al Green instead. Right. And I, I did talk about that. I made a note too, he's got the obligatory neon beer sign on the brick wall <laughs> in his fucking bachelor pad. I mean, come on, paint by fucking numbers much, guys? Jesus Christ. <laughs> So the two end up making out, but then she tells him that it's too fast and she wants to respect, he wants him to respect her. And at this point is where I wrote down fucking stupid. Yeah. This movie is, and I feel fucking stupid at this point. We're not even at the half hour mark. Predictable is all hell too. Oh, Jesus Forgot Christ. to mention that P word. See it coming fucking seven miles away. Uh, on her way out, we see Ben happy because he's confident she's going to love him. And we see her happy because she knows she's going to drive him up a wall. <laughs> So at the office the next day, Ben's talking to Tony and Thayer, and he reveals that she left her purse. Well, she intentionally did that. This this part of the, this purse bit is a bit fucking much. He, quote unquote, someone. knocks it over and oh. finds Nick's tickets. So surprisingly enough, that's what flies out of the purse. Sent, and this is where I wrote down, "I'm getting dumber." He sends her a really embarrassing display of red roses. Her words, not mine. She picks up on her right away as she gets a call from Ben. Uh, she tell, he, he tells her that uh, subsequently she wants him to go to that game with her. She tells him that she tells him to meet her at 7:30 by one of those Madison Square Garden entrances. Uh, so then we're at the Knicks game, and the two have awesome seats, and Ben's really into the game. 
they share a kiss for the kiss cam. And then later on at the end, Andy starts calling him Benny and has him go get her a Coke with no ice. Um, right at the climax of the game, like there's only about two minutes left. <clears throat> Knicks are down by like three or four. Yeah, I, I chuckled at this too with the old man. Um, this is adorable old man who tries selling him up to a larger drink while he's in a hurry. Hey, buddy. Small Coke. No ice. Small Coke. No ice. Okay, you got it. Beyond the three-point line. Fire. Uh, no! Oh, does that mean no, you don't want ice or no, you want ice? No, no ice. Coke no ice. Oh, did you want a small? No, I want that one right there. You know, for 25 cents more, you could get a jumbo. Can you take that right there? Keep cheese. 25 cents, you can get a whole, you can get a large size. Um... Ben gets back just in time, but then she tells him that she has for diet. Sending him away, but this time he misses the end because of her. So, uh, yeah, he misses a game-winning point at the uh, with one second on the clock. He's oh, got to watch it from the fucking hallway on the TV. Yeah, exactly. He, like, he runs in and like, knocks the guy out of the way so he can see the end of the game at the last shot. Uh, outside, he reveals that he's still happy with her and that he'll see her again. Yeah, so then there's a meeting at the office the next day when... Ben takes Andy's call while still in the room. Andy's now acting really, really blonde and ditzy, calling him Benny Boo Boo. Um, she asks him if he wants to go to a movie that night. Um, and so they go see Sleepless in Seattle. It was like a chick flick marathon, right? Wasn't it like Sleepless in what, what were the four movies playing on the marquee? I didn't write it down. But I, I didn't either. That. I didn't either. It I was, just... But it was like a chick flick marathon. It was like Sleepless in Seattle when Harry met Sally. That type of shit. It's like a whole marathon of them. Okay. Um, yeah, I totally missed that, damn. It's on the marquee. Um, so she's talking the whole time and shit, and she's trying to make conversation with him during the movie, and she asked him... Uh, what he's thinking of or who he's thinking of and he's he says no one and she like all of a sudden like out of fucking nowhere starts like getting jealous and crazy and she's like I'm sorry at this fucking point I'd be bouncing cause she says out of nowhere she's just like well who is she clearly you're thinking of someone you can't be thinking of no one he's like thinking about this movie he's trying right, to like she says no i think she says something like you can't watch meg ryan for two hours and not think of another woman or some shit yeah like some that. bullshit that's like whatever movie fucking contrived ass fucking dialogue and i like this bit too but with fucking tony longo sitting behind them oh, fucking, yeah, that guy. fucking telling them to like to tell her to shut up and shit and then like she gets into it and she yells at him and she's like, my boyfriend's going to kick your ass and he's just, meanwhile, McConaughey's just trying to watch the movie. Um, and Tony Longo, this big actor, big character actor from the 90s, uh, he's since passed away, unfortunately, but I remember him from a buku ton of 90s movies, this guy. So it was nice seeing him in this movie. Yeah, he gets up and he's like, you, outside. And like him and McConaughey go out there and like, he punches him square in the face, and then he's like, this part made me really laugh. He's like, no, I'm going to go back inside and finish watching Sleepless in Seattle. Nobody screw with me. Outside. Class, right? You want to talk like that to me? We can work it out, but not to a lady, all right? He's huge. I got. I'm not looking to get in a fight with the guy, okay? He owes you an apology. 
Now I'm gonna go back inside and finish watching Sleepless in Seattle. Nobody screw with me. The next day, Ben's sporting a nice little shiner, uh, but tell us there how Andy was taking care of him afterwards, so it was worth it. Ben tells him that he's planning on cooking dinner for the two at his place later on. Meanwhile, we see Andy gnawing on a burger with some friends at the magazine office, telling her boss that her plan, uh, telling her boss about her plans that night, and her boss tells her that she's loving her article notes so far. So that evening, Andy comes over to Ben's uh, for dinner. He's cooking a delicious-looking lamb rack, I have to say. Yeah, as you said, that meal does look pretty good. Um, unbeknownst to him, she's brought an array of women's stuff, and then she puts it in his bathroom while she's cooking and setting the table up for him. Uh, she puts on You're So Vain and acting really over the top at this part here. Uh, kind of compliment her fucking blonde out of nowhereness from before. Um, dinner is now ready and the Knicks game is on. He's got the TV propped up at the dinner table with them so they can eat and watch the game together like they're right there. Um, Andy then suddenly breaks down and reveals that she's a vegetarian. She starts, she says to him that it's beautiful. Well, she claims she's You're, a vegetarian. Yeah, it's beautiful. You're beautiful. The game's beautiful. Yeah, and then she says, this lamb was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Good. She then like starts singing "Mary Had a Little Lamb" in a little startled like child's voice as she as he takes the food from her. Then the two go out to a, a vegan place. It's like a Indian vegan yeah, restaurant. It's like, it's like one of them hipster vegan restaurants, yeah. man. That and probably he, all over the place in Soho in the village back then. He's like he. There's a bit here. He asked the waitress if she knows the score to the Knicks game, and she's like, "Do I look like grass?" She's like, "Do I look like I know the score to the Knicks game?" And yeah, exactly the wheatgrass. And before they eat, Andy breaks down and tells the waitress that Ben thinks that she's fat and storms off. And then he get, then he gets fucking me mugged by a couple of lesbians. Yeah, sitting there eating their, you know. Wheatgrass and hummus, whatever the fuck you use those <laughs> joints, man. Ugh. Me, well, it's reveal here. Andy's actually in the back. I guess eating, she, a, yeah, great, eating a burrito, eating a watching, burrito the watching the fucking end of the game. Um, they get back and Ben watches the highlights on TV, and she says something. She says something in comments about how the guy missed, and he's like, "How'd you know he was gonna miss?" And she's like, "He always misses those," and then. He kind of he starts to be like, but he, I mean, he never does. He and then, never misses from me. He never misses. Um, and then this part, she like says like, can so Princess Sophia come out and play? And McConaughey is just like, whoa, you name him, you can't. They just get into this back and forth little conversation for yeah, a few minutes is, about the name of his dick, too, about, about a dick's name. Member. Jesus, crawl the conqueror. <laughs> I caused something like Spike, Spike Butch, Butch or Crawl the Court, Crawl the Warrior Creek, Crawl the Warrior King. Is, what is that what it is? Crawl the Warrior King. And his little voice, Crawl the Warrior King. Crawl the, crawl the Warrior King. God, this is fucking <laughs> so fucking painful. This movie. Uh, and then he's after this shit. He just says, "Due to humiliation, the king has given up his throne." Abdicated his throne. Yeah. And she leaves before the elevator before the elevator door even closes. Uh, he stops it and asks if he can see her the next day. Um. At the office with the with the guys, um, 
thinking of keywords they can use for his diamond campaign that he's confident he's going to win. He tells them that he's start, that she's starting to change and even compares her to Kathy Lee Gifford when she surprises them all with a visit. Uh, she brings a Chinese-crusted dog. Yeah, I made a note here. Now I'm supposed to believe <laughs> that this broad can just impulse buy um, an exotic dog and a shitload of Burberry for him, her, and the boyfriend. I mean, that's what she wants. Not only that, thousand dollars worth of shit right there. She's not she can only that. The impulse buy that shit, being a columnist at a New York magazine. That diamond necklace that dog's rocking. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, Hans. Wrong guess. You want to go for double jeopardy, where the scores can really change? Yeah. So while she's trying to kiss him in an over-the-top manner, the dog starts pissing on the table. Um, acknowledging the dog diamond, the dog necklace, the diamond oh, necklace. Wait, hold on, let's get back because because him and the guys were like taking a break from brainstorming on the ad. They got a pool table in their office, so even McConaughey's office is a cool place to work. Yeah, it's a the pool guy, table. They, yeah, they can just like blow off work at any time, step out in the room and just shoot a game of nine ball and refri- recharge batteries. Cool places to work in New York City, gang. Stupid. Um, when I worked for my dad, CNJ Graphics for about ten years, he had a pool table. In, I, re- I know. In his meeting room, I and that's that. we, we did the same thing. Guilty as charged. <laughs> I never had that kind of job. I mean, I'm sure it's there. But Guilty like, it's as all, charged. It's all blown it's up. It's nice. Made, made to be. I, I remember because you. I, I toured the the facility. Yeah. The pool table. So acknowledging the diamond necklace on the dog, Andy describes them as frosting. This gives Ben a light bulb. So he goes to Philip. With the idea, frost. The campaign's not going to be frost. Frost yourself. Don Draper would be ashamed. Uh, Robert Klein goes to the window and he goes, Women of New York, frost yourselves. Women of New York, frost yourselves. Well, I like it. Uh, Ben gets home to 17 voice messages back when we had uh, answer machines (laughs) from a very, very... Very, very, very fucking over-the-top, obsessive Andy. Uh, one of them is even just a little evil laugh. <laughs> the messages that he plays over. Andy then gets buzzed in and presents Ben with a family photo album. This bit... So add this to the budget. Or not the budget. Well, yeah, this little project for this article budget. The um, yeah, she's used digital... Photo she's, yeah, album. She's facilities at work to Photoshop what their kids would look like, and it's bad Photoshop jobs of their heads on fucking. But the joke here is the kids have their faces. That's the joke. You're supposed to laugh. Oh, I didn't. You've laugh. never seen this bit before in a I, movie. I didn't laugh once. Mandy laughed at me. <laughs> the painful <laughs> looks. Of it. She got more of a kick out of watching <laughs> me try to watch this film. I did not like the the best part of this movie. Kate Hudson's ass. I'm sorry. That's it. All right, that's it. Maybe maybe the Triumph motorcycle and the and the rack of lamb dinner, but Kate Hart's Kate Hudson's tight little talk is about the only good good, good thing about this film. And I've seen that before. I don't have to watch this to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole thing, he's just kind it's of just, freaked it's, out by. It keeps getting worse. She's like, "You don't want to see your children?" And he's like, "We don't have children." <laughs> and there's a bit here where his mom calls and has to speak to Andy. <laughs> 
Uh, she says that she just showed him the album and then ends the call with, I love you too. Oh, Jesus. Ben goes to the bathroom to wash up, and it's revealed here that his bathroom's been entirely transformed into a pink women's foundation. Um, the medicine cabinet's got like medicine cabinet, shit everything. In it. Tampons. Uh, when he comes out, Andy says that she has another surprise for him, but she said he's got to go. He says that he's got to go to work. Um, and she says, that's too bad. I got tickets. And he's like, it's all about the wording here in this scene. She says she has tickets. Doesn't say what their tickets for. So she just says he's, tickets. He's going to assume it's game six in the next game. You can smell the sweat that they're so close. So Ben says suddenly that, you know, he can just call Tony and have Tony work for him. So she says it's a once in a lifetime experience and she's going to share it with him. Cut to a Celine Dion concert yeah, that's at what the I Madison be Square Garden to, yeah, Theater. I want to be close enough to smell Celine Dion. So they were at Madison Square Garden, but they were down below in the theater. Um, oh, I didn't know that. They have like two levels. Like the game could be up top and there's their concert all down there. Yeah. I didn't know they, they right. operated like that. Yep. I mean, I've never been to Madison Square Garden. I haven't either, but I knew, that. I knew I that. I did not know I knew MSG had a theater. Um, uh, that, that that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get it, but uh, wow, I, I had no idea that they could be playing a Knicks game on one level and a A list performer same night, same time. That's pretty neat. I never knew that. Sean, the more you know. <laughs> so we got Andy. She's now lounging up on the rooftop because we are a bunch of hipsters. We are yeah, cool. man. That's it's, that's the hip. Independent, the New York early way. 30s New York thing to do for a woman. Shout out to New York. I'm back, back in the New York room. I'm back, back in the New York room. Andy and Michelle are up there with her talking about how Ben's not cracking and she's going to, she's got to think of something. She's not breaking him. And why is nobody's feet sticking to the tar on the fucking Like weekend at Bernie's? Yeah. <laughs> right, like, that's my like, favorite part. Like Andrew McCarthy? Fucking working on the bit with the tar and shit. Yeah, they're stuck in the tar, the guitar all over the fucking insurance reports and shit. I saw that in the theater. That was a good time. <laughs> I thought that was a legit weekend at Bernie's call that you were just mentioning. Or, I was. It's what, okay. it's what, I'm, it's, okay. it's what I thought of when I'm like, why, why are your feet sticking to the tar? Because you see that shit in the movies a lot and a weekend of birdies played it up like, this is what it would this really be like. Really, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would be fucking hot as shit it's and reality. you'd be stuck as shit. It's like a screenshot of this or like a movie and then like a screenshot of weekend of birdies and that's reality. That would be, that's the <laughs> right, meme. Right, Now exactly. that's a joke, guys. That's a fucking joke. These are the jokes. Yeah, these are the jokes, kids. Now that's a bit you can laugh at. Right. Um, I laughed at that movie beginning then it was fun time she inadvertently reveals that she's given him the night off because of boys night and and Jeannie says that, that that's bullshit he don't get a night off that um that was before he met Annie Andy sorry I keep on calling her Annie but it's Andy who gives a shit what her name is well it sounds the same either way right. uh boys night uh it's basically your, your typical cliche boys night scene the beers guys, pizza cigars and poker guys are on the table playing poker with sports center on in the background um uh, smoking cigars I'm surprised I'm surprised it's not fucking Creedence or Joe Cocker or something playing out of the goddamn speakers yeah. this movie's so fucking bunch of bunch of stogies dangling from the mouths like I said this movie is painted by the fucking numbers so uh Andy comes in she arrives like it's her home revealing that she now has her own key <laughs> that uh this, his super uh, Francesco must have made for he says uh, the dog the 
yeah, the dog uh, knocks her over their chips. Uh, she keeps talking over the game. She tells Tony to eat a cucumber sandwich instead of pizza. These are all just fucking uh, the list of things that she does while she's here at this scene. Uh, she has them all put out their cigars. Um, she reveals one of the guy's hands mid-game. And then uh, she she makes Ben blow his nose saying that no one likes Mr. Sniffles. And then fucking Adam Goldberg's like, I hate Mrs. Sniffles. Yeah, I hate Mr. Sniffles. <laughs> she notices the... Uh, I almost chuckled at that line. <laughs> that would have been half the laugh this film was going was gonna to muster out of me. <laughs> and it's just because of Goldberg's delivery. I, I almost let out a chuckle. Cannot wait to talk about finger looking good. No. <laughs> uh, she notices that they're the, she notices the dead love fern. Uh, nah, honey, it's just sleeping. She catches him making a little gesture, a crazy gesture, while flipping out. She ends up leaving. They fucking motivate Ben to go out and chase her because of the bet, you know. Because remember, guys, this is a bet. This whole movie, this whole plot revolves around a bet. People are despicable. <clears throat> so he chases her out, but uh, the, he can't contain himself. And the pair, they break up. Hey, 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 ho, 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 ho. What just happened in there? I'm going to go listen. Yeah. Quietly. Look, this is getting really creepy. All right? You're acting completely insane. You know that? Well, so I am insane. No, you're acting insane. Shut up, crawl. Oh, he's an innocent animal. Yeah, yeah, and he'll live, okay? I'm talking to you. I don't know if I can be with somebody who doesn't like animals and thinks I'm a mental person. That's what I'm talking about. Where's the sexy, cool, fun, smart, beautiful Andy that I knew? The one who wanted to be a serious journalist, huh? You're up, you're down, you're here, you're there. You're like a freaking one-woman circus, Andy. So I guess this means we're over. Yeah, I guess so. Fine. Fine. But his co-workers won't let him and reminds him that there's only a few more days. So Thayer mentions couples therapy and gets Ben psyched about the idea. So he runs outside and gets Andy to uh, to, to go along with her. And yeah, and he her. does the shortcut down his fucking fire escape. You can't yeah. just run onto the steps and the steps just lower like that. They're not designed that way. <laughs> but they work that way in movies set in New York all the goddamn time. Yeah, he just jumps out his kitchen window, runs down like three flights, gets at a ground level fire escape, just steps on the stairs and he's calmed down and he runs <laughs> down to the street and beats her to the door. Like, they don't, the, 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 the fire escapes don't fucking work like that. And he stops with the cab, and he's like, what do you think of couples? He's like, he can barely get it out of his mouth. He's like, couples therapy, the way he says it here. Couples therapy. She agrees, and she says something like, Just because I, I love you doesn't mean I gotta like you tonight, some stupid yeah, shit like someone that. Someone who hates this fucking movie, you remember an awful lot about it. It's a fucking bad shit sticks in my mind. It's been less than 24 hours. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's fucking funny, Sean. Says who? I mean, um, yeah, funny's in the say, eye of a hole. I'm sure I can go to Rotten Tomatoes and find a couple. Of, I'll uh, bet you could. Bet nobody <laughs> with a penis wrote it either. So they go to uh, this couple's therapy session, which is actually Michelle in disguise because Ben don't know who she is. So she gets her coworker to go along with a bit. Uh, ends up charging him $300 for the uh, session and. Ben mentions that he's going to spend the weekend in Staten Island with his family. 
And this, you know, light bulb, Michelle gets, uh, what's her face? I've already forgotten her fucking name. Andy, to go. So this is kind of like they're going to spend a weekend together at, at, at Ben's childhood home in good old Staten Island. So they get to his parents' house. They go out back. Whole family sitting around a card game table playing bullshit. Show him. You play a lot of bullshit in your um, past time? N- I, I did. I, I did in my uh, late teens, but we didn't play it that way. It was We, we played bullshit as a drinking game, as a card drinking game. Right. We played it similar, but the concept is you're supposed to, you know, say how many of a certain number, like a three, seven. You'd lay down three cards and yeah. claim that yeah, they're face down. Yeah, you just play it up my buddy. Right. Lay, lay a face yeah. down. You claim what it is and it's either bullshit or not bullshit. Yep. So, yes, I used to play bullshit, but it was more, it was a drinking game we played. Um, you just go to you just go to this guy Kevin Lankham's house every Saturday night. Did you guys have a what do they call them? They wear a hat. Mm. Like the last well, the we, zero. We, well, we, that was. that was when we played. That was when we played asshole. That's um, the game asshole. asshole. I was thinking of asshole. We played asshole. I was thinking of asshole. We played asshole more than anything. It, it was just cool because I was seventeen at the time, hanging out with a bunch of guys who were in their early twenties, and all we would do is just get together at this house and just get all fucked up on drinking drugs and. You know, we were contained in a house on fucking Bank Street, you know. Um, but, yeah, we used to play. We used to play. It was me, Henry Schroll, Kenny Lankham, Kim Schroll, Kevin Lankham, um, Marky Zernikowski. The whole buttload of us get together. Every whole Saturday, lot of shout-outs. Get a, get a, yeah, most, none of these people are listening, but they're old friends of mine. Right. Um, but they were, you know, it was basically, I befriended this group when I was a freshman. They were seniors at Patapsco, and I just kind of got, you know, I was a cool kid, so I got, like, morphed in with the older kids. So they got me drunk all the time when I was underage. And yes, we played a lot of bullshit and a lot of asshole back okay. then. Um, yeah, the, the last hand, um, the, the, she plays with them. Then they have the, the last hand. Uh, the entire family tips Andy off. And, and since Ben runs the board at home, apparently, because he's the king. He's got the top of the fucking leaderboard. Or he's whatever. crawl the warrior king. Ugh, shit. Uh, then we get this uh, scene here with Ben teaching Andy how to ride a bike. Well, a motorcycle. It's a motorcycle. I call it a bike. Motor- well, it's a motorcycle. It's not a bicycle. It's a motorcycle. I know. So uh, I know. I got you. I, I know. I know why you said that. Uh, so they end up getting hit by a big old splash, dirty water from the pothole model of the puddle that the car. They're like eating like snow cones or something by a motorcycle. That's right. They're eating snow cones. I kind of tuned out in this scene. I try to fucking (laughs) do the whole thing. And a truck comes by and splashes a bunch of water onto a pot. Okay. Yeah. This scene kind of is a blur to me. I was writing notes and didn't really pay attention. Then they go home and they. They finally end up, and they finally end up having sex, and it just the way it happens and shit. It's just really dirty clothes shower sex. That's your first time. That, okay. Um, and they said chivalry was dead. Yeah. Back home, Ben drops Andy off at her place. Before he departs, he invites her to the diamond event that his boss is hosting as his girlfriend. She says tomorrow's day ten. And he tells her not to make plans for day 13 because he's got Knicks tickets for game seven. Um, Back at work, she tries telling Lana that she doesn't want to write the article anymore. 
Lana tells her that she will write it because she's a professional, and that's what professionals do. Then we got Ben meeting Andy outside in front of the event, lavishes over how beautiful she looks. Then the, the two enter inside the event happily together. So this is the last, I guess the final act, you can say. This is it, the, the big... Thank God. The big uh, event scene where all this shit's going to go down. So at the event, we got Tony and Thayer. At first, they toast each other to couples therapy. Uh, he tells her that... He tells her to go frost herself by picking out whatever necklace... I mean, or, they got a bunch of, like, jewelers there letting everybody, you know, walk around the event. Wearing jewelry, yeah. Expensive, like, necklaces and earrings and shit. Uh, Lana and Philip are seen celebrating together as Andy's told that... Uh, she needs to put on this 84 carat necklace named Isadora yeah, it's by a, the, the, the main dude, the, 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 the main the guy that they're, yeah. that they're trying to you know, get the ad campaign from. And just Tim and his right. wife in this ridiculous red wig. Yeah, they're named, uh, Del- obviously it's a play on the beers because they're called Delours. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, he owns 70% of the diamond market or something. Okay. So then we got the Judys. They're shown scheming amongst each other. Ben orders a whiskey sour for the wife of the designer. He tells her his presentation is his presentation is one she's definitely gonna enjoy. As Philip talks to the Judys, and then goes to Andy himself to get a better view of their progress. And this is where I made a note: all these people fucking suck. <laughs> They're betting on one another. These are these, they're not good people. Where, I know, where, I know. where the fuck is Killer Joe Cooper when you need him? For real. <laughs> Take yeah. every one of these sons of bitches out. Um, uh, he tells her how she's been the main inspiration for Benjamin lately, but then tells Philip that she can't be in love with Ben just yet, insinuating that they're not dating. That she begs Philip not to tell Ben, but then he goes to Ben and congratulates him on her loving Ben and tells him that he can't wait to hear his speech. Seeing Ben's good news, Judy and Judy are instantly envious and set about to ruin it for their co-worker. They tell his close colleagues, Tony and Thayer, that Andy knew about the bet all along and she was playing along to help Ben win. Then we got Tony and Thayer rushing to Andy and begging her to keep quiet. Um, then they realize that she, her silence gives off the reveal that she's blissfully unaware of the bet. So almost simultaneously, Lana, who is unaware of Ben's role in Andy's how-to article, reveals Andy's true intentions to Ben. Um, and then we get this goddamn fucking you're so vain scene. That scene I is hated it 17 years ago. Painful. 18 years it ago. It is terrible. Who the fuck thought that bit? was gonna work I'm sure even McConaughey's like fuck you gotta put another zero on my check you want me to do this goddamn scene the, 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 the only thing I laughed at here was the bit with Marvin Hamlish being the, the, the actual guy at the piano no you got the obligatory Marvin Hamlish and he's like there. you can play your so many. he's like I don't know that he's no he's like, gonna I, play. he's like that's not one that's of my that's not songs. one of my songs that's right Marvin do you know you're so vain that's not one of my songs can you work with me Marvin yeah Yeah, 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 yeah. You walked into the party like you were walking onto a yacht. You had your, your hat pulled down real strategically over one eye. You had a 
scarf. I think it was apricot. Strategically yeah, tipped yeah, below yeah. one yeah. eye. One eye in the mirror. As you make sure you had a real cool <laughs> Gavotte. Gavotte, yeah. yeah. And all the girls think that they'd be your partner. They'd be his partner because he's so vain. You probably think this song is about you, Ben Barry, you're so vain. Um, so yeah, uh, after we get through that, running out, she stopped by, she, she, Andy, she's out of here. She runs out, but then gets stopped the last second by security. They want their fucking necklace pack. Uh, outside, uh, they have their fight. Um, I, I did get a chuckle out of what the security guard said. He's like, just give me the necklace and then you guys can kill each other. Um, this shit happens, and then the piece that Andy ends up giving her boss ends up being better than expected. She's now given carte blanche to write about whatever the wind blows her, she says. Turns out it's more of a light breeze when she wants to write about things like politics and current affairs. Uh, but her boss says that she can write about things like shoes and fashion. And Andy then just quits, turns down the job, leaves, done. Fuck that. I'm out of here. Uh, then we have Ben having a heart-to-heart with Crawl. That's all I got. So Andy's over at Michelle's house, and there's a knock at the door, and it's this guy, Mike, and Mike is... It ends up being the guy that Michelle was crying over earlier. Um, he tells her that the smell that she left on his pillow is gone, and now he wants it back. It gets all mushy. The two love each other. Blah, blah, blah. They reconcile. Uh, then we got Ben at the commercial shoot for the new Diamonds campaign. Uh, Tony brings Andy's new article, and it's more of a confession of her love for him. So, it's still called How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, but again, it's now just more Written or less, from a like point of regret. It's a point of view. Yeah, a point of regret, exactly. So, this leads to Ben going uh, to her office and finding out that she's quit her job. And is going to Washington for an interview, leaving now, more or less. He uh, notices Michelle uh, from... The, you know, I got the, quick. She walks out, got another job opportunity in D.C. Yep. Uh, he runs out after her, tells her that she owes him $300, uh, and then hightails it down and out. <clears throat> Goes to his bike and guns it. To the gym blossoms, follow you down. Mm, you, and look, I'm gonna note here is one of my last notes on here too. Nobody could ride a motorcycle like that in New York City. I've been to New York City several times. I don't think I've ever seen a fucking motorcycle on the streets. Okay, but he's just like weaving it out of traffic and stuff. I mean, you yeah, can't not, get away with that. It ain't shit. happening. Yeah, I've driven in New York City twice. It's not pleasant. No, and that shit ain't happening. I've never driven. I've ridden. Oh, I've been. I've driven. I've never driven. But it ain't it's happening. Fucking, it's, it's like being in fucking India, man. I mean, I, I remember riding with. I went up, my buddy Tony, I told you, went to Ocean City with me. Went up to visit him because he was getting married. I was in the wedding. The wedding was in Staten Island, but, you know, he lived in Brooklyn. So he picked me up. We, uh, or I took a train up there and then met him at the rental car place. We are driving the rental car through the city back up to, you know, not only where he lives, but then we also went up to Staten Island the next day. But, yeah, just with him driving through the city, like, they're not using fucking lanes. Yeah. They weren't. Like, he's I, he's literally driving over the dotted line trying to weave in between traffic. I'm like, dude, you're going to fucking hit somebody. He's one of them asshole bikers on the road that I fucking hate. 
I think that they can do whatever they want because they got a tiny little. Yeah, like, I can weave in and out of traffic. I can, I can park wherever I want. You can't fucking drive like that in, in between New York cars. City what lanes? Where I'm driving, there are no lanes. That's roads? how all the bikers are. We're going. We don't need roads. All right, so <clears throat> let's wrap this bullshit up. Please. They, he gets to her. They embrace. Brings the film to an end. Yeah. An abrupt ending. Note, fucking stupid. And a very abrupt ending. And guys, I'm going to... Now, listen. Guys, for the record, I usually save all my notes on all of our broadcasts. I got a little spiral notebook here for every time that we do. You know, I keep it more like a, you know, commemorative thing. I have, I've only used one page for how to lose a guy in 10 days. And here it goes. That is it. I never have to look at this fucking That's all he wrote. I never have to look at it again. All right. Box office receipts. In the operational funds box, we will deposit 250,000 American dollars. You take it out. We put more in. I want receipts. All right. So How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was released on February 7th, 2003 from Paramount Pictures. It grossed $177.5 million worldwide. <laughs> Opening first place with $23.7 million against the $50 million budget. Um, it opened up on... 2,923 screens. This and film, Killer Joe only got 75. Yeah. Some fucking, something fucking wrong with this world. movie. Ugh, fuck, man. The second weekend drop off was only 21.3%. Damn. So. Lot well, I mean, of, oh, was, that makes sense. The following week, the following Friday would have been Valentine's Day. That makes perfect no, sense. Oh, yeah. They knew what they were doing. Um,. I mean, I see you, Paramount Pictures. I right. see you. And this is one of the ones that was like marketed because of the cast. It wasn't marketed because of the story or the fucking plot. It was a vehicle yeah. For, yeah. The, for, the, for the hot shit at the time, man. All right, so you're going to go for it, kid. You ain't going to believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching. Every day was like a privilege. I have one. I have it's one. Catherine Hahn, I would say. No, it's not. It's the other friend. Um, Annie Paris. Where is she from? Well, this was her first actual film. I mean, I prior to this... I recognized her, but I don't think she cared. Prior to this, she um, had a four-year stint, I believe it was. Let me see. Uh, yeah, she had a four or five year stint on As the World Turns mm -hmm. as a character named Julia Snyder. I like that last name. <laughs> um, and yeah, this was her first major film. Uh, looks like she had a small role in a small independent film a few years prior to this. But yeah, 2003's How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was a big breakthrough. She went on, she turned up on Law and Order for a long time uh, 34 episodes to be exact. She did a lot. Her, her, the majority of her uh, resume consists of TV work. I know her from the following, that Kevin Bacon show. That yeah, was I one. watched. That. Yeah, I, I watched it's a the good first. show. I, I like that I never, show. I never wrapped the show up. Like me and Mandy. That's like, boy. It had a very. It had a very. The end. It ended on a cliffhanger. I, I got canceled. Yeah, that's why. Because yeah, I right. like we 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 watched like we loved we like tore through season one and then just started losing interest. 
by like maybe the third or fourth episode. She of the was in the season. She was in the back. first season of the following. Okay, I kind of remember. I kind of remember what that show was about. It was an interesting premise, but I, I'm you know it, it petered out to me. And once I found out it got canceled before it got wrapped, then I never bothered with it. She was on the HBO show Vinyl. Oh yeah, dude, that was that. I actually liked I liked that. Vinyl too. I liked that I, show. I liked it. I'm kind of yeah. mad it never it, it didn't get picked up for nope. a second season. I did. I did nope. like Vinyl. That's a damn where, shame. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, about the, about the record label yep. in in the '70s. Uh-huh. Yeah, Ray Romano and um, Bobby Cannavale. Cannavale, um, holy shit. He's wild in that fucking yeah, show. Yeah, that movie, he's fucking that wild. Olivia Wilde yeah, in that. Speaking was, of wild. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, Scorsese was behind yeah. her. Yeah. Didn't Scorsese direct the pilot? pilot. Direct the pilot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, 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 yeah I'm mad. Vinyl didn't, didn't come back for another, you know, couple seasons. <clears> one bad show. Um, I remember her most from this role. Uh, she was on this show on Netflix called Friends from College. She was on it for both seasons. That was a show that I wish didn't get canceled so quickly. Um, that was a show that was, uh, it's her, Keegan-Michael Key, Kobe Smolders from How, from, um, How About Your Mother, um, Nate Faxon, Fred Savage was on that show, and Billy Eichner, I fucking love Billy Eichner, and he was on there, and it was basically a bunch of college kids who reunite years later, and they're just, a, they didn't really reunite, they're a circle of friends who never really broke apart. And they have a getaway in in the first. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. The show, they all get together, and it's kind of like there's a lot of '90s music because you know they all went to college in the mid '90s and shit. All of the characters in the show, and um, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's it's a really good show. It only lasted two seasons, but um, it's called Friends from College, and she was on that, and that's what I know her remember her most from was that. <clears throat> so yeah. Um, let's meet the cast. Hey, you guys. Everybody focus up, okay? All eyes here. I would like to announce that Ben and I are planning to produce a musical number from Godspell for the talent show tonight. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Ben is producing. I'm directing slash choreographing. I'm only speaking from personal experience, but if you can't carry a tune, don't come into the audition environment and waste our time. We're serious, okay? Okay, and bring a lot of movement clothes, a.k.a. jazz shoes, dance belts, lycras, et al. And seriously, FYI, you guys, this is not an excuse to get out of your regular activities. This is an excuse to do some good musical theater. So be prepared, be enthusiastic, and leave your bullshit attitude and baggage at the door, because we don't need it! Alright, so we got Matthew McConaughey as Benjamin Barry, Kate Hudson as Andy Anderson. You want to have this conversation now about Kate Hudson? Just about her, we never really talked about her on the show before. I mean... Um, I gotta be honest, since it's 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 kind of like her movie in a sense, even though it's an all star cast, almost famous. Yeah. I, I've always just looked at that movie as just. Yeah. Well, like, I wish famous. I. Saw, yeah, maybe I, I've seen it a handful of times. Did you see that extended cut, like what they yeah, call it, bootleg, the bootleg, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think actually I have that around here. Somewhere. I used to have it. On I got it. I got it around here somewhere. Um. Hey, there it is. Yeah, it's up there. I maybe I gotta give it another shot again. I guess I don't know. I I am not. I'm a fan of the movie, but there yeah, are a lot of Hoffman is less there are bangs. a lot of people who put that film on a fucking pedestal. I mean, it's and, good, but it's not. You know, 
it's not a something, you know, it's not. I mean, let's face it, everybody remembers I'm that Tiny the cover on the show. That's, that's cool. We were all singing Tiny Dancer in the bus after Russell has been tripping all night. That and the whoever it is that jumps off the roof into the pool. That was the scene right before that. Yeah, okay. he's, he's, he's tripping his balls off and he goes to a house party. You know, and then a, the mm-hmm. tour bus comes in a neighborhood and picks him up the next morning. And he's all fucking, you know, bug-eyed and hungover. And, you know, that's when the bus, you know, drives away and they're all singing Tiny Dancer. Um. Yeah. So Kate Hudson. Uh, what did I remember her? Hang on a second. Let me pull her up. Uh, well, it's Goldie Hawn and Oliver Hudson's daughter. Oh yeah. She's. Or not Oliver Hudson's her brother. I'll forget the father's name. But. Okay. Um. So this. Almost famous. Have you ever seen Gossip? Uh no. I like Gossip with uh, mm-hmm. Norman Reedus. Her. James Marston, Lena Headley. I know Hedley. of it. I'm, it's a good movie. It's not, nothing I ever, like, you know, piqued my interest. I actually saw that. Um, well, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's not a good movie. I just, <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. Maybe I'm just kind of, like, thinking, maybe it's not a good movie because, I don't know, my younger self, I have <laughs> questions about some of my older... All, yeah, you know, your younger self also liked the original Mortal Kombat um, and this movie at one point, too. So, so you right. need to have a talk with younger Ed. The Skeleton Key. Oh, um, I remember that. You mean Dupree? I never, I, never bothered with it. No. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, I am yeah, a yeah, fan no, of that no, movie. No, no, you know what I was thinking? Of, I was thinking of the other. Matt Owen Dillon Wilson and Owen, Owen, Owen Wilson. Yeah, I was thinking of Marley, me, the other Owen Wilson play. Um, yeah, no, I saw you and me and Dupree once. It was okay. But, I mean, I don't know. It's like, I don't go out of my way to see Kate Hudson movies because they're kind of all the same movie. You know, I mean, she had really diversified, like, played... Uh, I'm not saying, I'm not saying no. against type, I'm sitting here having this conversation. But get out of her comfort zone. She doesn't get out of her comfort zone. I'm, I'm looking at her filmography, and it's... it's kind of like just, all the same shit. Yeah, I mean, you got... What I've mentioned, my best friend's girl, Bride, yeah. Bride Wars. I mean, I get it. Something he, borrowed. We, like we say, right here, Day. If broke don't fix it. You know, if that's your bread and butter. But I mean, uh, some stretch your legs a little bit. You know, I don't know. I don't remember her from Rock the Casbah. I like Rock the Casbah. I saw it in the theater. Oh yeah, that's that one with uh, Bill Murray. With, with Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I like Rock that was the that was good. Yeah, it wasn't yeah I saw it in the theater. I don't remember her being in that movie. I think she's in the beginning. Is she? Isn't she like maybe she plays like his assistant at the office back in the. She's second build. Yeah, his partner in country. Right. That's what it says here. Right, his partner right, right. in country. Because okay. he's like he's like a music promoter and he's trying to like get this Saudi Arabian pop star. Yeah. Like from point okay. A to point B or something. Okay. I only seen it once, but it was better than I thought. But it nothing would be. jumps out. Yeah. In general, with her. Um. Maybe nine. Never saw it. Rob Marshall film with uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, it's the it's the one where the musical where he's like the he's, he's like the stage director. Yeah, right? having not seen that film, I, I would either. I would I would I mean, guess that that's probably her best performance. Cause he, yeah, because Day Lewis is kind of playing like a like. A, She's in a film with Daniel Day Lewis. I didn't even realize that. Uh, Damn. Yeah, and, and his character is kind of like the. The Italian art film director of the yeah. Simpsons. He's kind of based on like a Marcello. Kind of a womanizer. Right, 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 right. I've never seen it. I know. I haven't it. either. It's the fact that like it's played as a musical, 
that has kind of turned me off, and it's about, you know, his multiple affairs and stuff. I mean, I got to give it a run, seeing as how we may never see another Daniel Day-Lewis movie again. Eventually, I got to get them all in. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I forgot she was in that. I've even forgotten about that film as much as I love that guy and his work, man. Maybe I should, yeah. Um, I'll find the time. All right, so moving on, we got Catherine Hahn as Michelle. Um, did you want to have the Catherine Hahn conversation? I, she's one of she's one of very few women that I she, find legitimately funny. She is very she fucking very I love funny. her in the goods, man. The goods is hilarious. She the goods is, is a very outs- underrated. She is outstanding. Like that movie just that. snuck under the radar, man. Yeah. it's just a slap you in the gut funny film from beginning to end. Love the goods, man. We got to cover that at one point. We will. We definitely will. <laughs> I forgot she was in Wanderlust. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you forgot that. I liked her bit in We're the Millers. I haven't seen Wonder Lost in a handful of years. Mm. We're the Millers. Me and Mandy watch funny. it every couple months. Like that's our go-to. When we can't find it. Like fuck, I put Wonder Lost on. The, I saw We're, We're the, the Millers visit. once. I think she was watching it the other day in the bedroom. I came in there to get something, and she had it on. It's on my Voodoo. That might have been where she was watching. She probably brought your Voodoo up in there and was watching. Right. Step, I, I'm not the biggest Step Brothers fan. I'm sorry. I've been on record and saying this numerous times. You know, like, I'll I, say it again. I, I, it's it, that movie was like Joe Dirt for me. Where like I couldn't stand it when I first watched it, and then like I started appreciating it more and more. Like I got to give it time in between viewings, but like I I appreciate it now more than I did then. Am I gonna do? I walk around quoting it like these frat boys now. You know, would I, would I rock a Catalina wine mixer t-shirt? Sure, I think that'd be pretty fucking cool. Um, but... The the two comedies that I've stated numerous times, I can do without. I've watched them numerous times and just can't... Just I've can't, watched them to find the appeal and I just, just can't. can't get it. Well, it's it's Step Brothers and Superbad. Those two movies, I cannot for the life of me, super- just I can't find the funny... And you know I what? love comedy. I know good comedy. <laughs> I, there's, I've been meaning, well, not meaning, but I felt that way about Justin Long's Accepted. I love first, Accepted. See, well, I felt the I way that you feel about that these movie. two. I felt that way about Accepted when it first, because I remember like renting it on DVD. I like to try my wiener. I was fucking mad that I think I only laughed twice in the whole film. Oh. But it's streaming again. And I keep finding myself hovering over the top right, and looking at the trailer. That's right, it's on Max. I, so I'm thinking about going back and revisiting Accepted to see if it does the old Joe Dirt Step Brothers it did with me. Because so, I get it, like, you know, we, like like we said at the beginning of this, you know, movies are subjective. Everybody's got their own taste. Ed's yeah. not going to like everything I like, and vice versa. Nope. You know, I'm not going to force it down his throat. I'm not one of the like Superman's greatest comedy ever. I'm a fucking beer drinking frat boy. You know, I'm not like that. Um, I find the humor in them. I got it. So I feel you there. Um, so yeah, that's it's just I, I'm, I'm going to go back and watch Accepted for a second time to see if maybe I could find the appeal in it this time around like you couldn't find it. I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Okay. Watch it. I'm going to watch it. Within the next week, I'm going to watch Accepted. Okay. okay. I want you to do the same. Then we're going to regroup and we might have an episode. I don't want to do the whole episode on Accepted, but we'll definitely bring it up. Okay. I don't. I don't feel that that, that, that movie's gonna warrant warrant a full episode out of me. Okay. But I'm, I, I I like where your head's at. So yeah, by the, you know, probably by next week's um recording, 
I'll I'll get it in and then we'll you know we'll bring it up. Cool. Um, we talked about Goldberg and Lennon, Tony and Thayer, uh, Robert Klein as Philip Warren. Um, honestly, Robert Klein has always been a that guy to me. <laughs> he's he's got, I know the face. I know the right. name. I can put the the name to the face. Right. Outside of that, I can't. I don't know where he's from. Well, where he's, he's done. I mean, he was he was he was a big stand up in. I know he's in, in like 70s. old school comedy. Okay, for, he's from that old school generation. And um, there's one bit that he does. It's funny as hell. Like I first caught it on as a very very early episode of of Saturday Night Live. I think it was when the first or second season. But it's a bit that he used to do even during his um, stand up because he had a like kind of a you know he had a stand up a few years ago that he did and he revives the bit at the end. Basically, what he plays is like, <laughs> and it's better when you see the younger version of Klein doing it because he's got long you know his hair's not gray yet. So right. He's got long dark hair. He's wearing right. denim, right? He's playing his harmonica and he's. Doing like this, he's, you know, keeping a time with his leg, right? It's like he's a blues musician, but the song is called "I Can't Stop My Leg." <laughs> he's like, "I can't stop my leg, I can't stop my." So if you ever get a chance, YouTube Robert Klein's "I Can't Stop My Leg." <laughs> It's a funny little fucking bit that he used to do because he sets you up for it. Like you can see him play, and it's like he just can't. He's all singing about not being able to stop his leg from keeping the beat to the song that he's singing. It's it's better when he's younger because when he he did it the 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 one that he did on HBO like ten or some odd years ago, however long ago, when he redid it, he kind of overdid it like it you know into a big number and all, but. Yeah, if you could find at least the Saturday Night Live clip of him doing I Can't Stop My Leg, it's as iconic as Andy Kaufman and the Mighty Mouse bit. Nice. I can't stop my leg. I can't stop my leg. Uh, and finally, wrapping this up here, this category, we got B.B. Newworth as Lana. B.B. Um, Newworth, I first have... I, when I, I first did it Lilith comes to Green. mind... Was that Cheers? Yeah, that's where I first saw her. Was uh, she showed up as Lilith? Uh, I, mean, I immediately think of. Uh, I immediately think of say anything. She was the teacher. Comes over to the party at the, in the beginning, sort of, and drops, gives her key to Lloyd Dobler, and goes in. She's in like a couple scenes, but oh she, yeah, it was role. her. It's that early one, role. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, she was also in. Um, well, remember we talked about that movie Malice a couple weeks ago. She shows up in that. Oh yeah, the one, yeah, the one with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, she's kind of like. Um, yeah, she's kind of like the linchpin towards, you know, the whole twist at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, and she was in the original Jumanji. Folks, The Rock, Jumanji, wasn't the first one. People always say that, they always refer to, like, the last Jumanji film is Jumanji 2. And it's like, no, The Rock's Jumanji was Jumanji 2. Pretty much. The second Rock, Jumanji, was Jumanji 3. There was a Robin Williams version of Jumanji. It's canon, people. It is definitely canon with the sequels. So let's just stop that shit right now. Never Can, we? Well, I Can we stop the... calling Welcome to the Jungle Jumanji 2? I, um, I, I remember like Mandy and I watched a good bit of the first one, enjoyed it, never finished it. And she wants to see the second one, but we got to watch the first one again. So I've never seen, oh, I've, seen all, I've seen all of the Robin Williams one, obviously, multiple times. I'm sorry. Can we stop calling Jumanji Welcome to the Next Level the first one? Because it's not. 
the next I mean it's confusing <laughs> there's Jumanji there's Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle which people always think is like the first one because the third one which is Jumanji the next level they always call that Jumanji part 2 I'm like no Welcome to the Jungle was part 2 not the next level so the Robin Williams film is still in canon with these fucking newer movies people if you watch the film, you'd pay attention and you'd understand the faculty. Speaking of the faculty, this will be the second time that movie got gets brought up in this episode. B.B. Newworth is in the faculty. It was the, Robert uh, Rodriguez. The right? principal. Yeah, Robert Rodriguez. Um, real quick about that movie. When I remember seeing these like Tommy Hilfiger like ads for like with all the the character, all the actors in the movie, like Hartnett and um, Fomkin Jensen, not Fomkin Jensen. Um, oh, what's her name? Um, Jordana Brewster. Um, Sean had to see Usher was in a couple of them. Do you remember that the the the, the Hill Figure campaign for the faculty? Uh, yeah, well, the, the marketing around the faculty because it was time way was kinda, before it, they it even was, had a, a broad preview. I didn't campaign. know it was for a movie. Yeah, no, I, re- I remember. I remember my ex girl. Well. My girlfriend at the time has been an ex for twenty some years now. Um, I remember still your ex. She she <laughs> she wound up getting like a, a friend of her scored like sneak preview tickets or whatever. And I remember she went and saw it while I was working one night. She picked me up. I saw it opening she night. She had like a fucking t shirt or Christmas, something. Get, Christmas nineteen ninety eight. Me and Metz and Coy all saw it at uh, East Point. That yeah, I Christmas think she night. went to a sneak preview at, at, at the Avenue or something. I, I just remember picking me up from work and. Had some merchandise or something like a shirt, a coffee mug, a hat, some shit like that. Um, also, fact, fun fact, the faculty was the very first DVD I ever purchased. <laughs> it was the reason I bought a DVD player. Because that when it came out that summer, <laughs> the video and DVD, it was my birthday, and I had all this birthday money racked up. And I was at Walmart, and they had the faculty for DVD only. And it was like what, 25 bucks back then. And they had a DVD player for 200 I happened to have $300. You do the math. I could afford it. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm, I'm going to be ahead of everybody. I'm going to have this new fucking, like, you know, thing that, you know, I no got, one else can have. And I, I thought I was hot shit until, like, six months later or whatever, or four months later for Christmas. And everyone that I fucking know got a DVD player. So for them, like, four months, I was, you know. I was he, ahead of you, man. I was that guy for about a year or two. Oh, yeah? Mom's got yeah. Mom, you know. I got my first I, mom DVD got, mom player in August '99. We're talking back when like you would walk into like a video rental store and the and the DVD was a small section. I had, yeah, like, eight feet. To, I remember like getting that DVD player for Christmas, and she didn't get me any DVDs. So like I had a whole day Christmas Day I couldn't watch shit. She bought me the player. Forgot to get me movies <laughs> <laughs> for real. And then the day after, I remember you know, getting a ride up to the mall because Buddy was doing some returns and stuff, and I went. Sam Goody and I bought Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, my first event. Later on that afternoon, mom had to run some errands. So I'm with her at Target and I think I bought, um, and again, Target and Best Buy both had less than an eight foot rack yeah. of DVDs to choose from. There's only like, you know, 70, 80 titles. That Walmart DVD selection was only like two, two bays. Yeah, two it sections. wasn't much. So on December 26th that year, I bought Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Scarface. And I remember, like, it was the point. You had where, like, that hard to find OG out of print Scarface on DVD. I still have it. 
Damn. I still got that son of a nice. bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two disc here with the, yeah, I've got that thing, man. It's been appraised at like over eighty to hundred bucks. Um, I've I've got it up there in the in the case of my you know my Blu-ray came in. Um, but it was to the point where like I, I wasn't living with mom at the time. I had a you said you got it appraised. No, I, I, I wasn't not appraised, but I remember like people selling the exact <laughs> gotcha. same one for over a hundred bucks at the flea market. I'm like, wow, I got right, that right, right. So I know it's worth some money. Um, but like we couldn't even watch the we couldn't even watch the movies at my apartment because the TV that I was sharing with my roommates was old cathode. It didn't even have the inputs and a run a, TV, a fucking DVD player. Had to take it across a lot to my neighbor's house because he had a newer TV. If I wanted to watch DVDs, right? That's how fucking far ahead of the game I was. Nice. And it was another year or two before it became the normal. Like so, I was an early adopter. You know. I mean, mom must have dropped probably she dropped probably four or five hundred bucks on that thing back then. Hmm. All right, well, let's see who's who's responsible for this shit. Oh, Christ, this is crew. Well, my friend, this is crew. But don't even think about it. You don't look like you could hang, Jermaine. The name's Jamal, and I'll fuck your crew up. Who are they? Who are they? All right. So who's having their day in court today? <laughs> Donald Petrie. Look at you. Look at you and your fucking smug face when I pull your ass up on the wiki. Christ. Look at you smiling like, yeah. I'm responsible for this, I took your money. down your throat. Um, that's right. I know this fucker's name. He directed Grumpy Old Men. <sighs> he also did Mystic Pizza. Opportunity knocks, which uh, we just talked enough, about. Mystic Pizza, and as you mentioned, and Mystic Pizza was one of the movies on the marquee of that chick flick marathon they go to in the movie. That makes sense. Of course, it was. Yeah. Um, Richie Rich, Miss Congeniality. This motherfucker's responsible for Gene Hackman's retirement. He directed Welcome to Miss <laughs> This son of a bitch. As much as we got a rag on him. He's responsible for the great, great Gene Hackman's final film. Yeah, it was enough for him to say, fuck this noise, I'm fine. And when I say final film, oh no, he's still living a very healthy life today, gentlemen and ladies. But after that movie, he famously retired from the industry and has not looked back since. Mm -mm. Like He literally stuck to that retirement. I got to give it to him and Connery before, prior to Connery's death. He stuck to his word. Yeah, like after that too much fun? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen bullshit, Minus one voice role for a kids movie that yeah. was released overseas, yep, for yep. like the, the, the late early yep, eight o'clock. Nope, I'm done with all this bullshit. Yep, he was uh, he checked out and he stuck he to his yep, word. Yep, he, he cashed in and and, and and I think outside of doing voice work for um, Lowe's or one of them department stores, Gene Hackman's been out since. Yeah, Newsport. yeah, he yeah he he did. I think he was like Lowe's or Home Depot. He was he was the voice spokesman for right. Him. But, you know, why not? It's something you do fucking home. <laughs> Just like, do what we're doing sitting here. Exactly. All right. <clears throat> That's all I want to talk about because he directed the shit. So we're going to move on. Um, biggest takeaways. Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. 
So I want can you go first? Because I'm kind of curious as to what you want to say about this. I mean, I understand why these movies exist. I can't understand. Yes. I mean, it is literally a cottage industry, but it's this, supposed to be just a, 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 something to watch for an hour and a half to kill time to just. But the thing about is, that is, no, no, no heavy, no consequence. To quote Steve Martin in my favorite movie of all time, here's a thought, here's an idea, here's a thought. Have a point. Have a point. You know. Yeah, it it's story so much more interesting for the listener, listener. Exactly. for the viewer. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just like, uh, movies like these are a fucking dime a dozen, and it's literally for, you know, uh, even semi-intelligent. It's, it's insulting. That's exactly movie. what I was getting at. It's fucking insulting, you know, that somebody would think that, some, that, that somebody on this side of the camera thinks that somebody on the other side of the screen is going to find this trite amusing. It's fucking insult to me. So, my official notes for this category, here we go. 2003, Ed, we need to have a talk. It's <laughs> yeah. a big, bold, bland, not even a redeemable watch for nostalgia's sake. It's mm -hmm. not even something you can put on to kill a couple hours while your hangover wears off. Mm -hmm. I found myself bored to death with this rewatch, and to yep. think I actually believe this was a decent film to revisit. Mm -hmm. Finger licking good. Finger licking good. The end credits. Man, I, I, the <laughs> when it the fade to black and the movie was over, that was my favorite fucking part. Was turning it off. I I put the Tony Longo part because it gave me the biggest laugh, but that was it. It was it was a small laugh, but it was the biggest laugh of I the film I, for I me. I didn't get half a laugh. It got a ha huh! out of me after mm -hmm. he did the whole. I'm gonna go back in there. No mess with me. Mm. Um. Mulligan moment. If you had to do it all over again, would you make the same choices? The whole fucking thing. Just don't do it. Simple. I put, I regret selecting this movie. <laughs> I'm glad you did, because if not, I was going to tear into you today, man. <laughs> I was making plans last night, boy. I was. You should have seen the anguish on my face. Alright, um... <laughs> McConaughey exclusive. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. This so movie's all roll, you roll, take... roll, roll, roll. <laughs> you take McConaughey out of this movie, what do we got? I it's a shitty movie with or without him. You know, I mean, I hate to say it, even he wasn't enough. Yeah, but anyone could have played this. Anybody could have played this, this part. You could have had Owen Wilson doing it. You know, you, you could have had Andrew Wilson, the the long lost third brother. Right, yeah, right, right, right. It's yeah, it's uh, even even the the heavy hitters that you like, you hope are going to salvage this film. And between McConaughey, Adam Goldberg, Tom Slane, and Robert Klein, Catherine Hahn, opportunities were there to redeem this fucking turd and polish it, but there's fucking none to be had. It is terrible, 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 terrible. My one and only viewing is out of my fucking life forever. I'm actually, I was mad at you last night for making me have to fucking watch this film. Sorry, pal. Sorry. I almost didn't watch it. it was gonna... I woke up to your text. 
<laughs> about turning it. I think I'm going to stop or something like that. No, it's, it was, I said it to you about 12.30. So this movie sucks. I don't think I can fucking... This, this, this fucking movie sucks. I don't know that I'm going to be able to finish it. I was about 15 minutes in. I was about 12.30, quarter one, quarter one last night. I finished it, though, begrudgingly. It was probably during the Yerzovain part. Ah, oh, it's so... God, it was so fucking painful. It's so, such a stupid... Um, Everything about this fucking movie is stupid. That can double Something. as our final thought. We can both co-sign that as a final thought for this movie. For real, man. Can we co-sign on that being Absol- a final thought? Absolutely, man. This movie's fucking insulting. These people are are, are revolting, you know. Oh, like that's... I said, it should have been called "How to Make uh, How to Make Attractive People Unattractive." Right. Well, this is sponsored by nothing <laughs> because nothing good goes with this goddamn movie. Nope. All that being said, this film definitely no, it does not. It gets no seal of approval. No, sir. Um, Negative just, thumbs up this, from me. This is going to bring things home for this edition of the show. One down, many more to follow. We'll be back next week to continue Makana May and make it up for this week by talking all about 2005. This is going to be 2005's two, two for, for the money. money, and not a bad flick at all. This is going to be the. Um, the underrated film or the under under uh, underlooked What's yeah the, I, I, I would selection? say I, yeah, it's, it's a bit of an underdog out of the uh, the underdog the there we go this is the underdog selection yeah not a lot of people remember of McConaughey. um yeah I've 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 got a lot. I've got stories to say about. I do have a couple stories. For yeah, I'm this looking movie. forward for for a rewatch. Got something we, to talk about next yeah, the, week. Her and I I'm looking forward to the rewatch too. Yeah, her and I started a while back, and about 45 minutes an hour in, she started getting tired, and she's like, you know, I'm really not feeling this. You can finish it yourself. And I never bothered finishing it, and we decided to throw it on the lineup. So I'm looking forward to going back and rewatching it this week. Yeah, it's it it really is. Um, overlooked really good McConaughey movie uh, I promise this is actually a good one <laughs> um, except for those of you who liked How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days in that case maybe you won't like this one but maybe you will maybe you will I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't know so, um, but yeah before we get out of here guys uh, and I'm sorry if we wasted your time with this podcast uh, just yeah um, just you know letting you guys know that our previous episodes, our ever-growing collection, our, our, our ever-growing archive can be found on podcast formats like iTunes, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Stitcher, all that stuff. But before we get out of here, you can also find us on the socials, both Facebook and Instagram we're at. The Film Effect Podcast. And Twitter. Film Effect Pod. And email. The Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. And because we've yet to announce, or, and because we've yet to bring it up or mention it in this episode, guys, we got a merch store. Yeah. com slash the dash film dash effect dash podcast. That's, that's the address. Or go to one of our socials, the, the link's up the link's there. right there. Um, but t shirts, hoodies, Mugs, tote bags, phone cases, stickers, magnets, um, onesies for the babies, tapestries, pillows. tapestries, pil- pillows. I keep forgetting we have pillows. Yeah, I might give me a pillow. Um, right now we got a few designs up. Uh, the old-fashioned logo that you're familiar with. 
we have an emoji design that has a front and a back to the to the t-shirt. We have our limited edition montage design, which I'm wearing right now. Looks pretty damn good on me. Yes, I just had uh, a couple of the guys sign off on a uh, design that I'm putting out for next month, being Pride Month. We have a Pride T-shirt coming out that's going to be limited up and through the end of June. Um, and I'm going to make sure that a portion of those profits go to uh, one of the LGBTQ communities um, because it's only fair. And I also have one, possibly two more designs, one of which Sean here actually co-signed off on before yeah, like we went to production, so uh, before we started uh, recording this. Uh, so look out for that. Probably by the time this episode drops, it'll be up there. So um, that'll be the new movie's gonna movie design. <laughs> and I'm brainstorming a couple more things, but uh, yeah, I want to make sure you guys have a variety of designs to choose from, and not just the old boing one or two. Like now, we want to have, we want to take merchandising to the full effect, just like we take film to the full effect at the film effect. All right. All that being said, wrapping it all up, putting like this little bow on top. Sean, you want to take us out of here? Yes, sir. Guys, we shall see you next time when those theater lights go dim and the opening credits get the And then, that's been Sean. It's been fun, but now it's done. All right, guys, take care. Later.